Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Raised by Earl. Nolan. He got it. And Hakeem. Molded by the magnificent roller coaster ride that is Houston sports. Chill H-Town. For the only homegrown afternoon team is talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. Three o'clock here in Houston, Texas, but more importantly, welcome to the World Series. I know it doesn't start until tomorrow night. Hardly. Hey, if we're talking to players here at the stadium, then it's like a oh my god like when a we Thursday were, weekend. When we were talking to the players here at the stadium before the Super Bowl on Media Day, yeah. and we we're five days out. Well, it's not five days out. It's less than twenty. Well, it's twenty-four hours out practically. Yep, twenty-four hours out plus the four hours and five minutes. I told you I was going to do this today, and I'm mad. I'm still as mad as I thought I would be. The Astros are on the field working out right now. We are staring at them. We've chosen a location that gives us a nice vantage point of the field today. Just had (laughs) Astros, quote-unquote, media day. Uh, Sixers media day or Eagles media day or whatever they are. Whatever media day it is. Flyers. Coming up here shortly. Uh, They've already been on the field. We're out on the field first. Each of the game one starters has met with the media as soon as I got up to Astros Media setup, which is up on the uh, on the club level, uh, I knew I would do this, and it was set up nicely so I could do it. I had to double check twice. I figured this would be the number. There were 27 players made available in the media day setting, plus one more because Justin Verlander was available in the interview room. One for every Yankees championship that doesn't matter anymore. 28 uh-huh. Astros players were available. Only right. 26 of them. We'll be on the 26-man World Series roster, which, again, does not have to be official until tomorrow, and I'm sure tomorrow it will become official. I did happen to talk to a couple of players who may or may not be a part of things here. I really don't think they're going to change anything we've seen, and not only that, with uh, who they have, and we'll see what it works out. But a few interesting tidbits from some of the players. Talked to Lance McCullers and Alex Bregman. I know you talked to a handful of others as well. We'll sprinkle in some of that here on the show, all over our social media channels, and of course, uh, during our pregame coverage both today uh, or, well, in advance of pregame coverage, but literal pregame coverage tomorrow starting at 5 o'clock and similarly on Saturday starting at 5 o'clock. 7.03 right here on Sports Talk 790. First pitches all throughout this World Series. Both teams are four wins away. Both teams know the importance of winning with their best on the hill. Matters a little bit more probably to one versus the other because those that aren't considered the absolute best are pretty darn good. Lance McCullers, Christian Javier, unlikely to pitch here in Houston during the first two games. That's because the Aces, other Aces, will be handling that. Justin Verlander just wrapping up his day before uh, he starts pitching routine out in the outfield as he normally does. So, uh, as some would say, all systems go. 
Astros ready for the World Series. Why didn't you have Joe have the song ready for when you pulled out that line? It would have been much more effective and better if we could have heard one of the greatest songs ever when it comes to Houston Astros folklore. But yeah, um, it's... uh, it is becoming to feel a little bit more real. Not that it didn't already, but when you're starting to talk about uh, the actual matchups themselves and um, just you know what it's like to actually be at this stage, the biggest stage in all of baseball, uh, it certainly uh, hits at home. And good lord, what a perfect day! Tomorrow is going to be a little bit cooler. Like there's not going to be the roof's going to be closed tomorrow night. I would assume just from the forecast itself. Now I don't. What's I, in the forecast? Rain. And there you have it. So I don't know when the actual rain's going to be, you know, coming through. And from everybody that I've talked to, it's going to come through fast when it does. So who knows? But at least they have the option. Let's put it that way. There's not going to be any delays or anything like that. But, yeah, um, it's pretty fantastic. I think one of the the themes that I pulled from a lot of the people I talked to, though, is that they expected to be here, which shouldn't surprise any of you guys listening, and I don't think it does. But um, they're just... They're very businesslike, and that's not just veterans. Jeremy Pena is like, yeah. I mean, you can see it on the Sports Talk 790 Twitter account. Just posted it a few minutes ago. You know, not only did he expect the team to be here, but that team that he's talking about is what has made it so easy for him to succeed at the to the extent that he has here in the playoffs in his rookie season. You forget sometimes maybe that he was along for the ride. He just wasn't participating in last year's run to the World Series. Uh, But what a difference a year makes and what a difference his year has made because he's one of the main reasons you're here right now. Without Jeremy Pena, you don't even sniff the World Series, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, that's a pretty bold statement to make considering they don't have any losses and they could afford (laughs) five of them and still be here. But no one else is hitting home runs or even scoring runs in that game three at Seattle. I'm just saying. it's it's. I mean, you might still be playing. I, I might yeah. go, I'm going to go for that. You might yeah. be in inning 90. No, I'm not saying that it's a, it's a, they're dead on arrival. It's just that he's had a very big role in, in their success thus far. It's also all he knows. You're right. One year of Major League Baseball. Like one Bregman. Wor- one World Series. That's all he knows. That's what it's like that's what it's supposed to be obviously this will be a huge part of the conversation got some guests sprinkled in over the course of the rest of the afternoon our astros insider will join us here today todd callis television voice of the astros over on at&t sportsnet provided they're not in the playoffs uh will join us in just a few minutes actually and john kincaid from philadelphia 97.5 the fanatic does mornings there uh, he will join us just under an hour from now, uh, 4 o'clock hour. So looking forward to the conversation there. I have some things I'm curious about regarding Philadelphia, Philadelphia fans, etc., and everything else uh, going on from their perspective. And we'll also get a little bit of that perspective now with some of the uh, Phillies players, manager, all available today. Phillies media day, so to speak, is happening right now. The NFL week, well, it begins with football tonight. Texans making a handful of roster moves today, one of which we told you about right at the end of yesterday's program. Official now, just as of a few minutes ago, Kamu Grugier-Hill, no longer a Texan. He was released. They added Jaleel Johnson to the roster. He will help them up front, likely in the absence of Malik Collins uh, for the game coming up on Sunday against the Titans. And Johnson is very familiar with Lovey's defense, considering he was here for much of last season uh, with the team. And they made a couple of moves with their uh, practice squad, but Otherwise, uh, it is uh, basically the same group, a Collins-less team, though. Nico Collins, again, not practicing today, but I don't think that comes as a surprise. Lovey Smith uh, basically will give you this when it comes to injuries. 
It is season-ending. It is not season-ending. <laughs> and all he said about Nico Collins and the groin injury that he has suffered in the game this past Sunday in Vegas is it is not season-ending. Uh, but nobody expects him to be available to play this week. They've already had their off week, so every week he cannot play is a game that he will miss. And I do think there are going to be a couple of them. One note regarding our extensive conversation from yesterday about Brandon Cooks and who might be interested in trading for him and which other players might be in the way of trading him. Someone mentioned uh, Elijah Moore, a somewhat disgruntled receiver in New York. Well, the other receiver in New York, very much like him, Kadarius Toney was traded to one of the teams we thought might be interested and reportedly was interested in Brandon Cooks. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs. They made the move with the New York Giants to bring Kadarius Toney into the fold. It only costs them a pair of draft picks, one at the end of the third round and a sixth round pick conditionally. So that's kind of what you see for a player. And both of those other two players, Moore and Toney, on the front side of rookie deals, making very little money, but also under club control due to those contracts. For the next couple of seasons, Tony would have the additional fifth-year option should his new team choose to uh, hand it to him, which I think is still a part of the contract after being traded. I could be wrong. But either way, it's just so much different than Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks will be 30 soon. Uh, Brandon Cooks has a $18 million contract for next year. The team that dra- that uh, acquires him this year, should there be one, and the trade deadline is next Tuesday, uh, wouldn't really be hit very hard this year with what's still left for him and how the contract was worked. But the Texans, while they'll save money, quote-unquote, they take a big dead cap hit, but the contract isn't here anymore. So what you would have been paying him to play here is still significantly higher than the number you'll be hit with on the cap, but it will still be there. And again, next year's cap situation is very, very clean currently uh, because they ate it all this year. And my God, Nick Casario was hungry. He's been at the buffet table in the dead cap money forever. Uh, right there at the top of the list, nobody's got more dead cap than they do. So they've had to do a couple of... Uh, Salary cap gymnastic moves over the course of the season, restructuring deals, and Cooks actually was one of them. But I do think that's still front-burner stuff for the Texans GM as they, you know, maybe this is a little bit of a house cleaning. You know, not not saying anything negative about Kamu, but they don't need him. Uh, they have a linebacker they drafted. They'd love to be healthy the rest of the year and play every single snap at the position, basically, that uh, Hill was playing at not a particularly high level. Yeah, look, it's... um. It's part of the rebuilding process. It's part of uh, the ugliness of it, if you will. These types of moves and nothing ugly about this. I just the, the general roster is the churning that's going to happen and continue to happen as you get back to respectability is the part that, frankly, when you saw that Deshaun Watson was going to be out the door, like when it finally set in, it wasn't just like, okay, is this like for real? Is he really? And then everything that happened with it, you just you knew that this stage kind of like with the Rockets when James Harden said, all right, I went out the door. You know that the uh, long churning process is going to be right around the corner, and I guess the Texans are further along. I mean, not yeah. I don't want to be argumentative about this, but I will be. Uh, <laughs> the five players on the court in the NBA yes. makes it a totally different story. No, if James I know. Harden's here, you're fine. If James Harden's not here, you're in dire straits. But your and- quarterback is your James Harden. And when he's yeah, but your level. roster doesn't have to be total garbage. Your cap situation doesn't have to be total garbage. You didn't have to have a GM that didn't know what he was doing. You didn't have to give that's contracts to players true. that aren't worth it. And that's why this – can you imagine if they didn't make all the – just zero other bad moves of magnitude. You might have missed on a player, had a bad draft, signed a free agent to a low-money deal, and it didn't work. Take out all of these 
actual monster, terrible decisions made yeah. by the Easterby Bill O'Brien regime. If those aren't there, then you're immediately ready to compete the second Deshaun Watson isn't your quarterback. You might still need a quarterback, but the rest of your team is basically going to be in place. You would have had other players that would have been in the holes at, at offensive line. You would have had other players still capable of either bringing in other talent by moving them or re-signing them. I mean, the team that lost to Kansas City just a short time ago in the playoffs, well, they weren't really better than Kansas City. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. But their roster wasn't bad. Their roster had legitimate, we can win because this player puts us over the top. we got five or six players that are decent. we got two or three players that are we'd like to replace. And then we have a couple of difference makers. That's what they're missing. All of the difference makers from the Bill O'Brien era, including Watson, including Hopkins, including Watt, and din da da down the list, they're all gone. That's why they are where they are. They have none of them. And they really didn't replace any of them with those players when they moved them. That's still to come because of the Watson deal that remains. You didn't replace any of them and never will with the Hopkins deal, unless you want to consider Cooks that player. But once your team is turned into what it is, Brandon Cooks could have 1,900 yards in a season, and it wouldn't make any difference. January of 2020 is when that Kansas City debacle happened. And that's two and a half years ago? It seems like 20 with everything that's happened that you just got done talking about. And they had, you know, already kind of made some moves before that. But the ones that you're talking about specifically, all within that time span, and it just seems like so much longer. All right, as promised, we will be joined by uh, Astros television broadcaster Todd Callis sooner rather than later here when we come back. Uh, And we have several other guests, as Wex mentioned, and a lot to get to by way of getting you ready for Game 1 of the World Series tomorrow night here in this building, Minute Maid Park. We a lot more people around us for the show tomorrow than there is right now on a day where, well, obviously the public is not inside. But we will get to all that and more as we continue here on a Thursday edition of the 18. Inside the ballpark, you hear the crack of the bat as workouts are going on. Not long from now, the crack of Jeremy Pena's bat will be heard here. And I want to send you to BigTimeBats.com because they've released the special Jeremy Pena bat collection. You know about the kind of postseason that he's having, a one for the ages, clinching home run in the divisional round, the MVP honors against the Yankees and the ALCS, BigTimeBats.com. And you head over there and you can see all of these limited edition commemorative bats. I checked them out. They're pretty sweet. All that information engraved right there on the bat. Just really cool piece of memorabilia. There's also a team signature facsimile autographed bat with the entire Houston Astros roster autographed right there on the bat. Limited collectible item. There's also a silver chrome facsimile signature wood bat. BigTimeBats.com and you can order these items right now. The 2022 ALCS logo comes individually numbered out of an edition of 2022 bats. Talking about the AL pennant black maple bat that is engraved in gold lettering. That sells for $139.95 plus shipping. It's all available to you, all the information right there on the site, BigTimeBats.com, BigTimeBats.com. This is Coach Holgerson. Right at the goal line, touchdown Cougars. You've got the A-team on Sports Talk 790. Go Cougs. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? This ball is on way out of here. One of the longest home runs in the history of this ballpark. I don't think a ball's ever landed up there. I'm tingly. 
<laughs> you know what we were thinking? I was thinking it's great to know that Todd is just like us because I can't <laughs> smile, not smile and not laugh every time I hear that. And Todd Callis is here with us now. Yeah, we were just wondering what he was up to, and I just I made him come over here and do radio. I love it. Yeah, they, it was such a long home run. They actually built a, an ultra club up there because no that was one, the reason. No one else will hit one up there. They had to mark it some way. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Hey, uh, I think I speak for all of Houston when I say we miss you on the broadcast right now Thank because you. what's going on again for the umpteenth time is incredible, and you've called so many of the most amazing moments, and that was one of them on the way to whatever postseason success the Astros have had in recent years. Um, it never gets old getting to the World Series, though. Oh, no. Four out of six. It's fun. I mean, six straight LCSs and four out of six in the World Series. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we know going in what the deal is. You get the regular season, then the networks take over for the postseason. So kind of a bummer, but we kind of knew that going in. People asked me what my call would have been on game one against Seattle. I think I literally would have passed out with that home run from Jordan. We did. We both blacked out. <laughs> Let us go into that. Just your vantage point. Obviously, you've been here with the team all throughout these games here in this postseason, just not on the air. We were here. We saw the moment from fan standpoint. We saw the moment from the player standpoint because we've had a chance to talk to them about it. We're still talking to them about it today. Your standpoint, your viewpoint, and the everything that's come since. Yeah, uh, that was a phenomenal way to kick off the series. Uh, they were down the whole game, as you know, and, and Robbie Ray came in, and next thing you know, ball game over with Jordan hitting one in the second deck. Uh, the section where I watch games from is not too far from where we are now in left field, and uh, everybody went nuts, as you would imagine. I, I asked for people on Twitter to send their videos of that moment, and I got some unbelievably great responses. So it was just such a cool moment. I, I've probably watched that home run and, and people's reactions 50 to 100 times already. Just like everybody else, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine uh, a moment like that. And as we get ready for this game, I mentioned it uh, on a uh, media post we did the other day, the Astros were losing that entire game and came back. They won on the final swing. They were trailing before the final swing, and they're here now. The Phillies were down 2 to nothing in the ninth inning of the opening game of their postseason in a series that was only a best of three. And they scored six runs in the ninth inning, and that set what is now in motion for what will take place tomorrow night. You obviously have a great connection to both of these cities. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Uh, from a Philly perspective, in your mind, how do you think their team, their city, their fans are feeling about 24 hours out? They feel good. I mean, they're on a roll. They're playing with house money right now. They, they went into that last road trip, which went Chicago, Washington, Houston. They didn't have anything wrapped up, and they got swept by the Cubs. They could have easily been balanced if, if Milwaukee had played well at all against the Marlins, which they didn't. Uh, so the Phillies just feel great to be in the postseason. And you're right, that game one in St. Louis was huge. 
with that six-run ninth inning. It, it reminded me a little bit of the run the Nationals went on in 19 because the Nationals should have lost to Milwaukee in that wild card game. They caught a couple of breaks, ball got past Grisham. Next thing you know, the Nationals are world champions and winning every game on the road. So hopefully it gets turned around against an NLE's team that's hot, but we've seen what's happened with uh, the Nationals and the Braves two of the last three years. With your long ties to now both organizations, are you feeling a little bit of an inner turmoil, or is this pretty... You know who you're rooting for, obviously, but there's there's some emotions probably tied up in this series. I like to think of it more as a no lose. So obviously, yeah. I want the Astros to win. That's going to be I'm going to be passionate as anybody in the stands for these five, four to seven games. But if for some reason the Phillies continue this incredible run and win, that's the one National League team that's kind of been my team since I moved there when I was five years old, leaving Houston. So. You know, I grew up with that organization. My dad was there 39 years, so they'll always be my National League team, and that, especially now that the Astros are an AL team. So they'll always be my National League team, and uh, it won't hurt quite as much losing to the Phillies as it did to the Nationals and the Braves, but I still don't want the Astros to come anywhere close to thinking about losing to the Phillies. You're calling games all season long. We're talking with Todd Callis, TV voice of the Astros, AT&T Sports Nest. You're calling game all season long for a pitching staff that clearly was very good was the best in the league, had the best bullpen in the league, the starters who pitched the most innings in the league, the guy who's going to win the Cy Young among many other awards, the guy right behind him who'd be in the top three if it weren't for him, most likely. And yet it feels like they've been even better over these seven games. Is is that fair to say? Possibly, yeah. I mean, they've been rolling. Abreu stepped up this year in the postseason, and and obviously Abreu and Neres and Montero and Presley are the guys that Dusty has really leaned on. Ryan Stanek's pitched in two games so far in two series. i got to think he's going to be used more often in this World Series. Uh, Hunter Brown had that little bit of a blip where he was throwing the pitches that weren't quite on the zone against the Yankees, but that guy's a stud. He can give you two or three shut piece out of the bullpen at any time. And not to even mention Luis Garcia, who maybe was as impressive as anybody in that Seattle series, going five innings in a sudden death situation every inning he was out there. So, yeah, it's the deepest staff I can remember. They may have been a little better 1-2 with Verlander and Cole in 19. Cole could have easily won the Cy Young that year, lost 17-13 to in the votes by the Riders. Those two were the top two ever, but in terms of 1-13, through 13, this is the most stacked uh, pitching staff I've ever seen. Would you still, though, even say the 1-2 and two now give them an advantage each night against the 1-2 and two of Nola and Wheeler? Not quite the way I felt with Verlander and Cole, but yes. I, I, I take my chances with JV and Fromber against any duo that you could throw out there. Nola and Wheeler are going to be a good combo. They, if they, they can easily steal a game here in Houston, and that changes the whole dynamic of things. Two series, obviously, on the way here. Two sweeps, but two very different, I would say, feels to those sweeps. I mean, the, the Mariners series, and you mentioned the game one, they trailed the entire time. Um, but my question would be, were you surprised at the, the manner in which they swept the Yankees in the ALCS? You know what's crazy is I tried to keep my optimism squelched a little bit going into that Yankees so did series. I. I thought it was going to be five games or less going in. Really? I really didn't think it was a Yankees team that had what they've had in the past. I was not worried about them like I was in 17 or 19. I just didn't think they had uh, they had holes in their lineup, and they didn't have uh, everything rolling in the right direction. They didn't know who their shortstop was on a day-to-day basis. They didn't know who their leadoff hitter was on a day-to-day basis. Uh, they didn't know who their closer was on a day-to-day basis. They were counting on three guys out of their bullpen in that first series against Cleveland, and, and you can't you can get away with that in a five-game series much tougher in a seven-game series. So I really thought the Astros had the advantage. 
The Mariners, you can make the argument, were the best team other than the Astros of all the American League teams in the postseason. Even though they got swept, they played the Astros very well for three games. I just, I didn't think it was the Yankees' turn. And as that series went on, you could see how big of the, of the gap was between those two. Do you feel like the Phillies lineup has similarities to the Yankees in that they will strike out a lot and this pitching staff can take advantage of that? A little bit. I like the bottom of the Phillies lineup better than I like the bottom of the Yankees lineup. I thought once you got past Giancarlo Stanton in the Yankees lineup, it was really difficult to see how they were going to manufacture runs. The Phillies have some guys at the bottom of the lineup that can do some damage. So uh, it's a to me, it's a more complete offense. They do strike out a lot. They have two lefty sticks that are going to be better than any lefty sticks the Astros have seen so far in the postseason in Schwerber and Harper. So that'll be interesting to see how Dusty plays that. Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager, thinking about moving Harper up to that third spot in the lineup because he's not as concerned if there's not a lefty in the bullpen of having a lefty face both Schwerber and Harper in a three-batter span. It's never mattered to the Astros pretty much in any scenario where they've played. There's a lot of talk about uh, Seattle and the crowd that would be there, and it was awesome, and it was awesome for 18 innings. They're, what are they going to see in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Ballpark? There's a lot of Phillies history, obviously. It's been a long time coming. They went out and spent all this money specifically on Bryce Harper, so these days would be there for their fans, and in a couple of days, they will arrive. Yeah, the Phillies fans are going to be revved up. I mean, they have built uh, their whole reputation on being intimidating and obnoxious, and they continue to be that way throughout every series. That they... <laughs> Is there a difference between intimidating and obnoxious? Uh, you're, there's a fine line. Uh, they're, they're, they're ravenous. They're passionate. They love their Phillies. They love their Eagles. They love their Flyers. They love their Sixers. And they go nuts when the teams don't do well. And, and when they get on a roll like the Phillies have been, they, they go crazy as well. I think, you know, they're still going to be, they're going to be revved up. It's going to be full of people in red. The whole stadium's going to be red October, but uh, I think the Phillies fans this year didn't have the expectations, so they're not going to be maybe quite as you know upset if the Astros win because they kind of are the they're the dog in this in this series, so they'll be revved up though. It's going to be uh, the Phillies relievers and starters warming up in that pen. They're going to hear for the Phillies fans for sure. Are you comfortable giving us a series prediction? Uh, I, I mean, if it go if the Astros split these two games here in Houston. I can see the series going six. If the Astros win these first two, I think it could be a series that lasts five or less. All right. Well, that's Todd Callis. We, uh, again, miss your voice on the broadcast, but uh, glad to know that you're in the stadium with, along with the rest of, it seems like the entire city's packing itself in here as the Astros are back in the World Series again. Appreciate the time during your busy schedule, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. All right, guys. Good to be on with you. Todd Callis here on Sports Talk 790, the play-by-play television voice of the Houston Astros on AT&T Sportsnet. We appreciate the time, as always, from him. And uh, we got to tell you about something that you should be spending your time doing, and that's going to Cushada Casino Resort in Kinder, Louisiana. You're talking about the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area. You're talking about uh, numerous screens to watch the games that you'll be wagering on, and you're talking about 18 convenient betting kiosks to place said wagers. A lot of games going on. Every sport is cooking right now, so that means you'll see it at those kiosks. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, UFC soccer, auto racing, and a whole lot more. They even have off-track betting there. They even have awesome, tremendous Cajun-inspired cuisine while you're enjoying things in your plush lounge seating of the Res Sportsbook. Of course, the uh, casino floor got it all as well. That's why it's so large. Slots and table games, poker rooms, which means poker tournaments are going on. Check them out online at CushataCasinoResort.com uh, for information on everything, all the events that are ongoing and upcoming at uh, 
Cushada Casino Resort. Two great hotels, resort-style pool. It's time to get out there and enjoy it. The weekend has arrived, so make your plans to get out to Cushada. Here it comes. The Houston Astros. For the Houston Astros. How about the Houston Astros? Now, Astros insider Michael Conner on Sports Talk 790. Home of your Astros. Here we go. That's right, all the way from Astros Media Day, the interview room. Stop calling it that. To the Crawford boxes. That's what it is. The Astros insider, Michael Connor, is here alongside of us as we watch Chris. That's Yuli. Yuli, I can't see. Much you don't have your box. binoculars well, he, down. They're in my back. Oh. Uh, boy. These guys obviously have been waiting and waiting and waiting to play ball, and they still have one more day to wait. Um Let's start with the, the people we just talked to, and I think we got to this on, on Tuesday as well, but as you get a day away, there were 28 people available uh-huh. for the Astros. Two of the people that gave answers to questions today will not be playing in the World Series. Who are those two? Two of them would be Will Smith and who's the other one? The guy sitting next to, to Trey Mancini was Jake Myers. Oh, Jake Myers. Yeah, you talk to Jake Myers. I look over there, and you're talking to Jake Myers. Like, Wex, you know he's not going to be on the roster, right? I was asking him things that are not necessarily related to what is to come. Okay. World Series moments as they were growing up, what kind of stood out to them, anything that was in their memory banks. I was trying to go that storyline because there's so many other things going on, but we've asked this of a lot of people in looking at the lineup that Justin Verlander will face tomorrow and everybody else along the rest of the way, probably stacked similarly to the Yankees when Aaron Boone was doing his job. Those top four hitters Mm -hmm. are something, really something, and hitting the ball very hard right now. Yeah. The bottom five, not so much. Do you think the Astros can similarly take advantage of the Phillies in the same way they took advantage yes, of the Yankees? absolutely. I mean, like, I know that they were one of the better average teams, I think, overall in the National League this year, but it's not like they're unbelievable. They got a lot of swing and miss. Like, that's, that's the end of the day. Like, the Astros are a team that know how to get guys out with fastballs up and breaking stuff down and away or away or wherever it might be, and I expect them to have the exact kind of Success they did. Now, here's the one thing. They're probably going to give up a few more runs in this series because I will say I think the Phillies are probably going to hit a few balls over the fence. That's just my guess. That sucks to hear, but it's not really uh, surprising when you see what they've done to get themselves here. Um, oh, that one almost took them out. Jesus. That was really close. That's why That's why I set up over here instead of where we normally set up. Um, but... You and I were talking about this a little bit off the air before that the show. That wasn't Jordan going oppo, was it? I don't think so. I think he just stepped in. <laughs> Who Bregman. was it? Bregman usually goes in front of him. Oh, okay. Um, we, we were talking about the fact that you know a lot of the national types, the prognosticators who clearly don't watch baseball, are like, oh, I feel he's in their October magic. And then I talk to people who actually watch this team every single day. I'm not going to name names. I am actually blown away at the level of confidence they have in the Astros not only winning this series but maybe even doing it in short fashion. I think the Astros can win this series in five. So you're another one of them. Yeah, I, I really do. Like I know that that's you don't want to downplay them being here and what they've done. Look, I mean, Philadelphia, it's a great story. They're a team, though, that probably massively underachieves based on the way that they spend. But they're also a flawed team in how they're built to an extent. But you're not flawed completely when you get here. I mean, look, that, that you get here. There's always an element of luck to it. But no, I think that the Astros are you never want to be like too cocky and say leaps and bounds, but there's areas where there are leaps and bounds better than Philadelphia, and I think it's going to be exposed over this series. And I do say, I will say this too: if it goes, if the series goes long, longer than five games, that I'm sitting here saying right now, 
like the, it still favors the Astros, I think, even more because it, yeah, it exposes all their pitching. Michael Connor, our Astros insider here with us. You were down in the interview room with, with Justin Verlander and Dusty Baker, among others. Anything from uh, JV today? Well, the, I think the most intriguing thing, because he did field some really bad questions. Um, <laughs> the most intriguing thing was his future with the Astros, and uh, if he's thought about it at all, here was his answer. I don't know, man. I'm just kind of along for the ride right now. Uh, it's been a wonderful, you know, year for me. Um, my family uh, at home and, and in the sport. I'm um, I'm just trying to be present and part of it. I'm not really trying to focus too much on what's ahead. Does I'm, that does that not remind you a lot of Aaron Judge's answer the other night no. about? I, like I, I got a million tweets immediately from people. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Like chill. But that's the what hell they said out. about Judge. But no, like I truly do believe with Justin Verlander, who's 39, has come back from Tommy John. He is not worried about that right now. You know why? Because somebody's going to give him all the money that he wants, and it'll be there no matter what. And it's probably going to be here still. Like, everybody's worried all this. That You really think Jim Crane's not going to make an offer? Like, do you really think Jim Crane's not going to walk in there and say, you know what, I want to keep this guy who's been important to our success. He's also still really good. He'll be an Astro next year. Like, I, I'm done with this freaking out that Justin Verlander's not going to pitch for the Astros in the future because I think, on top of that all, why would you leave this team? He's got a chance to add another World Series ring, and he talked about that too. You know, like he was asked if it's a dynasty. He's like, "Yeah, we're a dynasty, but we really want to add that last stamp to it. Another, not that last stamp, but add another stamp to it, which we'll is have a second title to really solidify that discussion." Need to add a stamp to their World Series passport, taking them through Philadelphia. They've gotten the stamp from Washington, gotten the stamp from Atlanta, got the much more important stamp from L.A. The win, but yes, they want to stamp that one as well. I think the more interesting question is, will. Justin Verlander get a call from his agent with an offer this offseason while he's on the golf course with Jim Crane. He very well could. And Might be he, the Yankees. Will he share that with him? Will he say, hey, look at this text I just got, Jim. Oh, he's, you're saying he's going to Casey Candell it or whatever? I'm just saying we know if he really truly hits free agency, which all indications yeah. are he will, as he already did yeah. prior to this latest deal he signed. He was on the market, and they were talking to other teams, which is exactly what they'll do here. They are close. This is an owner-run contract negotiations? Yes. Well, that's the other question is, who's the GM that's not going to be involved? doesn't matter who the GM is. This is a Jim, <laughs> this Cra- this is a Jim Crane com- conversation. No, Wex, I'm with you. Like, I think, here's how I think it played out. They had all these offers, and like, they, like a lot of these agents do, they'll circle back to the team that the player was with, because the player likes being there, the player's comfortable there, and you see if they'll do it. The Astros clearly did it. Is that what happened they, with Correa? Well, everybody says that the – well, I, I don't think the Astros picked up the phone there. I, that's just my wow, total thing. Wow. Um, Last thing that he was – he talked about this a little bit, and we'll talk about it as well, and hopefully we'll get to stop talking about it. But he makes his eighth career World Series start yeah. tomorrow night. He's 0-6. He's got a 568 ERA in seven World Series starts. BFD. How many World Series starts? Tomorrow will eight. be Eight. But he lost. They won. Or okay, so they lost Game Six, but they won one of the games. He He's pitched lost in 2017. individually. He's lost yeah, every yeah, yeah. single game but that one. The 2017. Uh huh. The was it Game Two? No, it would have been. Yeah, it was because Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, because he lost. They lost games. He pitched really well in Game Six, and they lost Game Six as well. Mm-hmm. He pitched well until he is didn't that, pitch well. He gave up like two of, runs in six innings. So he is pitched it really well. Any consequence as they hit tomorrow? No, I mean like. It's to- like you talk about. It's just one of those weird things that's just kind of happened. Like, I mean, he did not pitch well in 2019 against no, the Nationals. That's not at fair. all. Uh, he pitched well in 
probably, I would say, both games in 2017. They just didn't win one of them, and he yeah. didn't get the win uh, in the other. And then any other World Series appearance he had was a long time ago, in 2012 with the Tigers, five runs in four innings. And prior to that, in 2006, he gave up seven, or eight runs in 11 innings in two games. He has not pitched well, but those games from some of the yeah. such a long time I, ago. I think if he's going to not pitch well tomorrow, it's strictly based off of his recent struggles with mechanics or whatever it might be. Was he fixed about. in his last start? I asked Maldonado that question today, and he said, yes, the mechanics are good. Everything's back to normal. So, I mean, it, look, he didn't he, he flipped the switch in that Yankee start. Like, yep. it wasn't great early, but then, man, he turned it on, and that looked like Justin Verlander. All right, we'll let you walk out the door with a prediction and a, and a thank you to those who put you on with us. I just said it a minute ago, and I think I'm going to do it. I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't man enough to do it on the air last series. I said in six last series, um, but I'm going to go five. Astros in five over the Phillies. And uh, we are, of course, going to be celebrating with Ice Cold Crawford Box from Carbach Brewing. The perfect beer for Astros baseball. We're near the Crawford Box sign where players are trying to hit. Martin Maldonado and his blue hair might be hitting one up here in a minute. He's got some pop. Don't you shake your head, Adam. Um, but you could celebrate the could Astros. be a silver slugger. It could be. You should. You should. He's a finalist. He's got 15 home runs on the season. But you should be doing it with the Crawford Box. They also bring you our road coverage when we're out on the road. We'll be back out on the road leaving Sunday for the games up in Philadelphia. So they'll be bringing you all that as well. And the Crawford Box cast at Sports790.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Always do it responsibly. Make sure you do it with that ice cold Crawford Box from Carbog Brewing. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, this is Killer B, Craig Vigio. Of the 3,000 Hit Club. You've got Killer A's in the afternoon, though they have 3,000 less hits. Oh, we're having some fun. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler on Sports Talk 790. Thanks again to our last two guests. Todd Callis, Michael Connor, our Astros insider. Last two segments getting us a little bit of inside information and just a little bit of local flavor for the World Series is the Astros and the Phillies. Astros taking BP as we speak. Phillies to do so soon. Uh, get ready. They did for- so already. Oh, they already did? They were first. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's okay. Um, as game one will get underway tomorrow night here inside Minute Maid Park. Again, pretty sure the roof will be closed, which... I think we'll be good from a noise standpoint. I kind of missed that last year. I didn't feel like it was as noisy. Um, but that's one of those things that I think at this point with the amount of times they've gone to the World Series is hopefully a dead topic as far as it just being a thing. But um, I thought it was interesting what, what Michael said about, and your question obviously about Justin Verlander, because I think that particular storyline narrative, which I think will come up just because he's starting, um, is a lot like saying, oh, an NL East team is upstart and scrappy and making its way to, to Minute Maid for a World Series against the Astros, so it must be over. Like, I just feel like it has about as much... I know that it's a performance thing with Justin, but I just... He's so good. He was so good in his last start. A buddy of mine was texting him today, texting me today about it. I'm like, well, 
He gave up one run. He struck out 10. I know he didn't look great at the beginning of that start, but he looked a whole heck of a lot worse in the prior start in the postseason against the Mariners. And the Astros still haven't lost a game. I just that goes to what Michael was talking about. What I've heard a lot is that this just this is just a better baseball team top to bottom and that's one of the reasons yeah i agree with the last statement you made but i cannot ignore that he has a 308 era in the ds a 301 era in the cs and a 568 era in the world series it's not really that abnormal guess what odds are you're playing better teams right and a lot of hitters have similar trajectories when they get from the early portion of the playoffs to the later port it isn't that easy to be awesome all the time when you're only facing the best teams in baseball. And that's obviously what you're doing in the postseason. But I, I can't ignore it. But I do take some some of the thought about it heading into this series about how he pitched in this most recent World Series. They lost to the Nationals. They lost both games that Justin Verlander started. He was fine in both. He was not dominant in either. But he was fine in both games. Those are winnable games for this team. It was definitely winnable uh, for that team that may have had a better offense and Again, it's a little bit about who you'll be facing. And he likely also, most of the years, especially here in Houston, all of them, the Astros are lined up. The other team is lined up. So he's not only facing a great lineup, which is the only thing that impacts his individual numbers, but the win-loss aspect of it is impacted by the fact that the other team's one is pitching against him pretty much every single time. And even the mental part of how that changes the dynamic. But that's why he is who he is. I'm not concerned about this start. I don't expect him to pitch poorly. I expect it to be very similar to his last start. And I think that the, the view of that for me is I do think he was great in that start because what makes people that are great great is it doesn't even matter sometimes if their greatness is in their right arm that day or left arm. He was. He didn't have great stuff. He didn't have great command. He didn't have great location. For three innings. And then... And the Yankees put one ball over the fence from Harrison Bader, and that was it. They had opportunities because they still were getting guys on base, but he could still reach back for this. He could still hit a spot on the... You know, after missing a spot five times, he still could find it. He found a way, and then he did have everything. If you don't think he was pitching as well as he has, maybe even better. Honestly, the way he pitched in the Yankees against the final... In their, against their lineup in the final three innings, fourth, fifth, and sixth inning of that start. Uh, he didn't have very many starts this year where he was better, and that includes starts where he gave up no hits. He was throwing the ball with such velocity, with such great command, putting it wherever he wanted, spinning it however he needed, and again, the rest time between that start and this start is comparable to what I think still keeps him sharp. It's not typical rest just because of the, the number of games or days that they've had off, but while I'm not ignoring his past numbers, I'm not dissuaded from thinking he's going to come out there and give this team a typical Verlander start. And that means if they get to the opposing team starter pretty much at all, they're going to have a one-game-to-none lead. Yeah, I, I don't think that's unfair at all. I think it's, and, and I also think it's a very plausible scenario because, I look, maybe I'm being convinced by some of the people I am talking to because I just, or maybe it's just me wanting to, like Michael said, kind of temper your enthusiasm, expectations, optimism, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I was going over the top in giving the Phillies credit coming into this thing if for no other reason than the way they have arrived here. And it is, you know, there is something to that, I guess, the momentum, if you will. But I just, I mean, I think once you get to this stage, the best team is is 
while it's not as likely to win like we always talk about in the NBA and the NFL, I think in this matchup, with the way the Astros pitch, not just Verlander, but everybody on that staff versus the type of lineup they're facing, I, I just do think it favors the Astros, and I'm hoping that... Uh, you know, I hope it bears itself out that way. Great exchange today when uh, their game one starting pitcher, uh, Aaron Nola, was uh, meeting with the media in the interview room today. What similarities do you see in yourself and Justin Verlander? What differences do you see as a pitcher? And he said he's a really good pitcher over there. He's been doing it for a long time. He's steady, consistent. It's cool to watch him. He's having a heck of a year doing it for so long. It's so impressive. And all these other platitudes about his excellence. And the follow-up question to that was, have you ever talked to him much over the years? And Aaron Nola said, I've never talked to him. <laughs> Great. The Colt McCoy, Jackson Shipley, Juan Soto, uh. not going away storyline from this series. If you want to know what that's going to be, I'll tell you when we have the next opportunity to do so. It won't be next, because next we'll come back and talk to John Kincaid of 97.5, the fanatic in Philadelphia, and see if we can uh, have fun with that. I am sure we will find a way somehow, some way, but I am also sure that you'll find a way to get the best sleep at the best price guaranteed when you go to TexasMattressMakers.com. There you're going to find out exactly how far they are willing to go to give you said sleep. I mean, you're talking about a mattress that is built for you for your body's needs and for those of your partner if you're sharing that mattress that's what you get at texas mattress makers you go to the website and you'll see how much you can save uh like specifically right now here in the month of october up to 25 percent on select mattresses with a savings dollar amount of up to 1900 dollars off and that includes free delivery and free cooling technology. There's nothing quite like getting on that mattress, especially during the hot summer months, and feeling that cool surface. It really can relax you and get you off to sleep like you want to be. But on top of that, you're talking about six locations here in and around the greater Houston area. The original, not far from where we're standing inside Minute Maid, Minute Maid Park. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. The A-Team coming at you from Minute Maid Park. It's the day before. Adam Wexler and Adam Clanton here with you this afternoon. The Phillies are here, have gone through their workout and are going through their media session. The Astros are here, have gone through their workout, just about set to wrap up and have gone through their media session. And joining us now... Uh, from mornings on 97.5 The Fanatic, John Kincaid here with us on the A-Team. And, John, we really appreciate you carving out a little time for us. If you would, uh, for me, tell us at least initially, what's your long history covering the teams and sports in Philadelphia? Well, what's great is is that uh, my career began in Philadelphia, and then I went to Atlanta for 25 years, and then came home to Philadelphia the last two and in the meantime, doing my uh, national radio career on ESPN Radio and CBS Sports Radio. But uh, I had the chance to come home. I came home, and I never lost my allegiance with Philadelphia sports or my connection to it. And it's always been my lifelong passion, and it's so cool to be able to have lived in a great sports city like Atlanta, but to be able to start and now hopefully end my career around 10 years from now or so, though, guys, uh, in the city You're of Philadelphia. Allowed. You're not allowed to lose your allegiance for Philadelphia teams, are you? That's like a crime there. No. 
No. And it's one of the things, like, my 18-year-old daughter already knows. She can do anything she wants. She brings a Cowboys fan into this house. She's out of the will. I mean, <laughs> there's certain things that are there's certain things that are non-negotiable. If you've seen Silver Linings Playbook, it's there's a lot more reality to it than you would ever believe. And it's so strange because my wife had never been a Philadelphian until this year when she moved up. And the uh, she laughs every night because of all the things going on in the world. And the lead story on the news every night is, well, the Phillies are going to the World Series. And here's World Series. And we have like seven reporters all over to do seven different stories. And so it's really this town and sports is crazy. And it's so great to be back home and be a part of it. So you mentioned the Cowboys there and the disgust Philly has for them. There's some disgust here in Houston similarly for the Cowboys. Bigger picture, though, is is there a disgust for the Astros in Philadelphia, or is it just another team that they're playing because of, obviously, what's taken place in the national scene with what happened in 2017, et cetera? Nothing nothing comes up. Uh, We have... We've, we've known about the uh, World Series, I guess, since, well, what was that? Since Sunday. And not once has any discussion come up of the Astros and the cheating scandal or anything like that. Because, first of all, I'm a believer that the Astros are probably a lot like some other teams that did it and didn't get caught. And more importantly, it didn't involve us. So why would I be talking about it? Um, it has been what? a non-talking point and non-entity on our show and with our listenership. There really isn't a lot of venom towards the towards the Astros. Uh, I think there's a ton of respect because the Astros have been to three of the last four World Series. So I think the listeners look at it as you got a really, really strong team you got to beat. But much like Tom Brady couldn't beat the NFC East, they're hoping that this is going to be the trifecta of, NFC, of NL East losses for the Astros in the World Series. What a fine American you seem to be with such a reasoned response about that because I think but doesn't the most involve, fascin- it doesn't it thing thing you know things that don't involve me I refuse to talk about on the air like I like I, I just think it's blather like to be to be oh let's get trash cans or anything like that there by the way there's been none of that on our station none of it has been going on I think that this city this city it just doesn't care. And, and and by the way, we all say screw the Dodgers anyway. So, I mean, there's a little bit of that, too. John Kincaid, who does mornings on 97.5, the fanatic in Philadelphia, joining us. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, what's well, refreshing for starters because we've dealt with everything else. But, I mean, look, it, you really it's so hard still to win in baseball um, that you would think that, that more – Real baseball fans would realize how difficult it's it's been to do what the Astros have done, even though they've gotten to those those World Series and haven't won. Meanwhile, the Phillies don't want to hear about it because it's the first time since back in in '09. Um, and I know how rabid all of those fan bases are for each of the teams there. And I I could totally see where it's not even about Houston; it's just about the Philadelphia team wanting to get this done and give those crazy fans uh, something to cheer about. Well, it's one of the things that's been great to see is Citizens Bank Park had a spectacular run of, you know, six years of sellouts uh, back during, uh, actually seven years almost of sellouts during the uh, the consecutive streak when they uh, were on their great run from 2007 through 2011. And that carried well into 2012. 
Uh, so the place was always a great, great place to play. And it still was always nice, but it hasn't been like that. And this run has brought that energy back, that excitement back. And I can just tell you, and uh, I talked to Jeff Francoeur this morning who did the Astros series, the last two Astros series, and he knows it because he's seen it. Uh, it there's the, the, the Astros have seen nothing like they're going to see in games three, four, and five. Not that I think it's going to intimidate them, not that I think it's going to phase them, but if the Phillies were able to get a leg up, it absolutely helps them. So, I, you know, I'm not thinking that, wow, the Astros are going to get scared or intimidated by a, a loud, loud crowd. But I talked to many Braves players. I knew many of the Braves organization players during the NLDS. And uh, between games three and four, I spoke to some of them. And they said it was so annoying. It was so loud. It was like there was a train going through the place. The guys in the bullpen couldn't communicate. They had to go into the bathroom to talk because it was so loud. So I don't think it's one of those things where it's going to intimidate people, but it's an annoyance, and it definitely gets in your head. And that building is loud from first pitch to last out. All right, tell me what's the difference in Bryce Harper before and Bryce Harper now. His first go-around in the postseason with the Phillies versus all of his postseason opportunities prior to this. He was just flat-out not a very good postseason hitter before this year. He wasn't abysmal, but he wasn't nearly as good as the player he's been throughout his career. And this postseason, he's been incredible. I think compared to standard, he was abysmal in, in, in Washington. Compared to his standard of performance during the regular season, I think he really was bad. But what I think is he's now he's mature. I think he's a dad a couple times over. I think he's a, a seasoned veteran. And more importantly, he's in an environment, I believe, where he's the man. And he's ready to be the man. I don't think at 21 and 22 and 23, he was ready to be the man of an organization. He was ready to step up and lead. One of the things he does here is he leads by example. Not a big mouthy leader. Uh, he's not the most talkative guy of any of them in the in the clubhouse or of that team. But now there's a quiet confidence about him, and now his hand is all healed up, and that's the biggest thing. He struggled in September. He was getting his he was getting back into it, but man, he's on a rampage, and he is the best player in this year's postseason, American League or National League. He has been the best player, and that is one thing that I know. Dusty Baker, I've loved the times I've gotten to talk to Dusty Baker in my career. He is just such a, a, a he's just such a baseball guy. And I know that Dusty Baker in those pre scouting meetings is saying, We are not gonna let Bryce Harper beat us. Somebody else has to beat us. If it's real muto, fine. If it's Castellanos, fine. But we cannot allow it to be Bryce Harper. I think they pitch to him when the bases are empty. And I think other than that, I think Dusty's going to be very, very careful with him. Based on the ferocity of the home runs we've seen from these two gentlemen I'm going to mention, would you pay admission to see Kyle Schwarber and Jordan Alvarez get into an octagon together? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? I mean, well, first off, Alvarez is just such a – God, what a talent. What a, what a, what a spectacular talent and, and fun to watch. And Schwarber is like the beer league softball guy. That everybody, I think, you know, knows a guy like that looks like Kyle Schwarber, that's built like Kyle Schwarber, but they don't hit like Kyle Schwarber. And I can tell you, he is one of the he, he is absolutely one of the straws that stirs the drink. 
his addition to this roster, his 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 joining this organization, uh, gave it a credibility and a little bit of a swagger that when they were struggling at the end of the year, he understands what it takes to get a postseason. He understands how to keep a team loose. And all that uh, dancing on my own, which is now, you know, the song that rattles in everybody's head in this entire city, he brought that with him from the Red Sox. And it, it's just been, he is amazing. I can tell you this, though, just watching the Astros, what I'm scared of is looking at the Astros, is I don't even think you guys have really hit yet. No. And that scares that scares the hell out of me, I can tell you. Uh, the first two starters for both teams are obviously ace-level material, Nola and Wheeler and Verlander and Valdez. The Astros feel super confident, the numbers tell them to be, about Javier and McCullers if those two are deployed in Games 3 and Game 4. How do things sit sure. with the Phillies in that regard? Do they believe and should they believe that Suarez can continue to deliver in the postseason? And what would they do if they or when they turn to a fourth starter? Ranger Suarez is uh, absolutely someone they feel they can count on. Um, he is a he's a guy that had, had he had had twelve days off of starting when he pitched in the NLDS, and that was too long. That was too long for him because he is a he just he got out of his rhythm when he pitched in the NLCS. He was fantastic, and then closing out the NLCS was just totally out of his element. Something he's never asked to do, and he went in there and got two pitches, got two outs, two pitches. He was absolutely amazing there. They're very confident of him being able to give them five, six innings. You know, that, that's, about his, that's about his effectiveness limit. But he's the best fielding pitcher in the National League. And he's somebody that absolutely can create a lot of ground balls, can feel the position extremely well himself. If he gets on a roll, he gets annoying uh, for opposing teams. For starter, my guess it'll be Noah Syndergaard, and it'll be a bullpen game. And I do not see any way, shape, or form that even if it's two to one Astros in game four, that you'll see the Phillies push Nola up and try to get him to start earlier. I think that they will take their chances. They've set this thing up and they believe that having Nolan Wheeler for games five and a potential six is the way they're going to want to go about it and then have Suarez for seven. So it'll be a bullpen game game four. I think it's going to be four. Uh, and if Syndergaard gives them, if Syndergaard gives them 12 outs, they will be thrilled with it. And they've got enough arms that uh, with guys like Zach Eflin, who is a starter, com- now converted into a reliever, if they wanted to use him two or three innings, they've had Alvarado and Sir Anthony Dominguez go multiple innings during the postseason. So they've got a lot of flexibility there. Just think about the other night, game game three, uh, excuse me, game four of the NLCS. They had they got twenty five outs from their bullpen. It's incredible. It was an incredible thing. Something that I never thought I'd see. Down four nothing, come back and win a game ten six, and get twenty five outs from your bullpen. John Kincaid joining us here on Sports Talk seven ninety. Does mornings on ninety seven five the Fanatic in Philly. One more thing before we let you go. And since you brought up the 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 rhythm when it comes to pitching, I mean everybody knows how hot the Phillies lineup has been. In this postseason, does this layoff maybe give you a little pause that that might cool off quite a bit? I do. Yeah, it's funny as I brought that up on the air this week. I absolutely worry a little bit because, you know, the, the, the Astros have had time off. I mean, the, the, and, and, and the Astros are seasoned and the veteran team that's been here before. Uh, every single question mark about the World Series to me sort of sits with the Phillies. 
uh, is the layoff going to hurt them? The Astros have already had a layoff because they swamp people, you know, and they and they end up getting extra time off. Um, you know, the Astros have been to World Series before. They know what that whole process is like. Very few of the Phillies have any kind of experience with that. So all the question marks to me do add up uh, to the Phillies. One thing I will say, though, is, is I'm expecting, I do expect a, with Wheeler and Nola going in games one and two, that Philly is going back to Philadelphia with the lead. But I've also told my audience, I absolutely believe that when the Eagles and the Texans get together next Thursday night, before game six, there will absolutely be a game six in the series. And I just think whoever wins it is the team that's up 3-2 when they leave Philadelphia. And that's where I think the series will be. I know my colleague, Adam, already said that was the last question, but I forgot you <laughs> mentioning something reminded me. I have to ask you one more thing. Is sure. is uh, is your quarterback, poor Jalen Hurts, getting unfairly <laughs> ripped apart this week because people believe he loves the Astros and he hates the Phillies? I can't believe it. Well, first off, he already cleared that up. I don't know if you saw it. He already cleared it up by he says he's a Philadelphian now. So that, like, this is a – my buddy Dan Matthews, one, a guy I used to work with in Atlanta, is big huge We know him. And he, was trying, and he was spouting this off the other day, and I'm going, where's this coming from? I do sports radio in Philly, and literally nobody is talking about this. This is not an issue at all. And more importantly, Jalen cleared it up himself. When he came to town, he wore his Astros stuff the other years. Uh, it was the 2019 World Series. It was 2019 season when you guys were getting ready to play the Nationals. Um, and he absolutely showed his allegiance and showed his love for the Astros. Um, he now absolutely says, he goes, I'm a Philadelphian now. He goes, this is my town. And he roots for the Phillies, and he wears Phillies hats constantly. So he, I'm sure he has his hometown allegiance where he still sure. loves. Like, he loves Texas. He talks about it many, many times and the lessons he learned there and everything. But he absolutely has been adopting his new hometown and uh, very much bonding. In fact, he said if he had a chance to play baseball, he'd love to roll with Bryce Harper this week. So, and he is rooting for the Phillies in the series. So that you know that 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 talking point is strange though because I don't know where it's coming from. Like I don't know where it's even coming from because I can tell you, Jalen Hurts gets very little criticism in this town. He is he gets he gets the least criticism of any Philadelphia quarterback that I can remember. The guy's work ethic, his attitude, his coolness, uh, and honestly, him breaking onto the scene like this. Uh, Carson Wentz got much more criticism, and Wentz's numbers were better. But uh, Jalen just has won over the city with his swagger and his Texas cool. He is, uh, he is great, and I look forward to watching him whoop the Texans next Thursday night. That'll be fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to well, That'll be eight now. I'm looking forward to eight we're not doubting that's going to happen. I think the other series is going to be, a, or the other game is going to be a little bit more competitive from the Houston Phillies oh, well, standpoint. Guys, yeah, I feel pretty confident saying the Astros are going to beat the Phillies more often than the Texans will beat anybody <laughs> this year. I think, I think that's. I think that's. Will the Astros win more games in the World Series than the Texans? Probably. Win? That's the question. Good, I mean, that's a question guys, we don't want to have guys, to address. The, that's so sad. Guys, with the generational quarterbacks that are in this draft. Tell me you care. Tell me you seriously care. You'll take it you'll take it on the chin this year for what you could potentially get for 10, 12, 14 years if you get one of those generational quarterbacks. Come on. Take the loss. Yeah, we don't get smile. 
you know, and, and, yeah, we don't and exactly, see what happens. Yeah, we don't exactly have Davis Mills posters in our children's bedrooms or anything. So, <laughs> hey, John, I we, tell you, though, we, he impresses me. Ah, he's, he's okay. He's fine. It was, <laughs> no, for what, he's, for what he was expected to be to what he is, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'll put it that way. Well, we're impressed with uh, the content you provided us today. We knew we would be, but uh, we appreciate the time, John. Uh, good luck in the series, and uh, we will catch right, up guys. with you down the road. And by the way, everybody coming from Houston, if you do manage to somehow get tickets to the games up in Philadelphia, you're going to be fine as long as you are not taunting. If you go to the game, you will be fine. Just don't be taunting opposing fans because I can't trust it anything from that point on. <laughs> good, good advice from a seasoned uh, Philadelphian. Day, All right, you too. Have John Kincaid day, here man. on Sports Sports Talk 790. Good stuff there. We will uh, get to our signature segment, What's Up With That, when we come back here on the A-Team. But right now I want to tell you guys about Classic Chevy in Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6, the places you want to be going to if you're looking to get into a new or pre-owned vehicle and have more inventory to look at than anyone else. In addition to the fact that if you're looking to get into a Silverado, which I would highly recommend since I drive one, they've got several of them, tons of them as a matter of fact, with $5,000 off right now. The Highway 6 location will be open for your convenience this weekend on Sunday, like it is every weekend on Sunday. And again, if you're looking to get into a Chevy Silverado, I cannot recommend it highly enough. The ZR2 I'm driving around town, it's gotten me to and from every single playoff game I've attended and everywhere else in the city is top-notch. It's the best truck Chevy has ever come out with, and you can get your hands on one today. A classic Chevy in Sugarland or classic Chevy Highway 6. Tell them Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you in. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Where am I? A new signature segment called... What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up? I say what's up. What's up with that? With that? So I guess we just have to ask the question, Joe, what is up with that? Yeah, first question here. If you're going to sing during a break and, and, and not let me add more to this intro, why aren't you going to tell me? What's up with that, Wex? Come on, man. That was great. That was, that was uh, spur of the moment, and it was only one line, and I couldn't remember the rest of the song, so I didn't have anything else left. Don't worry. This I've been away from the uh, the singing for probably almost a full year now. we got to get that back going again. And yeah, rapping. I do feel like we need to... Well, the person who influenced my bringing rap to the show is a Cleveland Brown. That's a good point. So, and I could probably do with never having a Houston athlete tweeting out rap lyrics in response to stories ever again in my life. We seem like we have a decent group now with the Astros, Rockets, Texans that don't seem likely to do that. However, if... Laramie Tunsil gets traded in the offseason, it wouldn't shock me if that's the route he went. Why is everybody making him get traded now? Well, just because you have so few players to move that are ones that could get you back assets for. Honestly, 
he probably deserves an apology from me or anybody else that's not done this yet. He's been pretty awesome this year. Yeah, aren't He's you had an extremely your... good season uh, to date. There's no reason, really, for them to move him because what you would get in return wouldn't be what you have in him. Right. And certainly he's expensive, and that's fine. Uh, there's a lot of complaints about the offensive line as a group. Also fair. No reason to be complaining about the job that he has done this year and, and for most of his time here. Honestly, I think he's having the best season of his Texans career uh, right now. But he does, you know, in talking to him and a few times and, you know, watching how he uses social media, I could see him going that route. Brandon Cooks would probably be more likely to have a Jack Easterby-worthy tweet if he were to be moved. Bible verses? Very spiritual. He's very spiritual. Man, if we start getting Bible verse tweets from Brandon Cooks, now that I'm all in on. That's funny. Okay, so what really is up with that? Yeah, let's just go. Um, I, I mean, I think we all knew like there was this kind of this background story of um, you know James Click and Dusty Baker's future, and I, I just what's up with the way they're handling this? Because now that we're like we're a day away from the World Series, and we're seeing that David Stern steps down from being the GM of the of the Brewers, and right away Peter Gammons is firing away that he's been heavily connected to the Astros. Like, what's up with because this story? Because he's a former Astro. No, I yeah, know, but, but like, I've it's heard, just... I've heard some He was too. already connected to the Astros, per, uh, from my standpoint, prior to him not working for the Brewers because of his knowledge of how... Yeah. You know, he's one of the, you know, probably one of four or five people you'd name first about why is this team the way it is? Why have they been able to cultivate talent, find talent, develop talent, and win as much as they have? And he's part of that group. So, you know, James Click, Dusty Baker, and their respective situations and how they've been handled, um, I think it's it's not a given, but it's close that Dusty Baker is making the decision on 2023. If Dusty Baker wants to manage this team next year, he's going to be the manager of this team. I feel pretty confident saying that at this point in uh, – the season with four to seven games remaining if they win the world series and he wants to call it a career then he's going to be he's obviously going to do that he's not going to be forced to call it a career i don't believe by the astros by them not offering him additional time to be their manager i don't know if dusty wants to walk away if they lose and i don't know if he wants to walk away if they win i personally don't think he wants to walk away at all but i'm not as convicted on that statement as opposed to the one i initially made if dusty baker wants to be back next year he will and I think it's maybe 40-60, with the 60 being he's gone on James Click, GM of the Astros in 2023. Because Stearns is coming aboard. No, no, just because I think that the relationship between the owner and the GM is a little bit different. I think uh, the work that's been done, and, and really, I guess, the results that have been given. I mean, what do you want your new GM who comes in under ridiculous circumstances at the worst possible time to come in, not only in the big picture, but literally, he came in in spring training, and what have they Late. done since he's been here? Uh, they've gone to the ALCS every time. They've been to the World Series twice in three years. They played in Game 7 of the ALCS that year and lost. And his fingerprints are on it. His fingerprints are definitely on this team. In a good but, way. Uh, let's see. What name? A, give me a food. Uh, sushi. Say hamburger. <laughs> well, wait a second. Okay, give me another food. Hot dog. Say pizza. One of, say pizza or hamburger? Pizza. pizza. Okay, so James Click has been the sausage, the black olives, and maybe some of the spices, Gross. the oregano you put on. But Jeff Luno... This pizza sucks. He, he kneaded the dough and threw it into the air and put it in the oven. He sauced it up with the special... Jeff and Gina Luno home recipe. Yes. 
And then he also put the homemade Mott's on the top. Now, Click may have added some of the toppings, yeah. but the bulk of the pizza that would be good no matter what toppings you put on it yes. came from, and it's not a shot at nope. Jim or James. But it's can't. a fact. They yes. just happen to have been here before he arrived. They've done things that have helped these players succeed. Some credit given to the development staff and some people he's brought on board and the new pitching coaches and how they've worked with the staff and Jeremy Pena's development. Yes, for sure, which is why he could probably go get a job anywhere in Major League Baseball that he wanted. But the those are still true statements that the group of Astros trying to win a second World Series are a group of Astros largely put together by Jeff Luna. Yeah, and lots of big names. And what, what was wrong with the topping? Sausage and black olives? Yeah, I'm not an olive spices? guy. I think olives are I'm gross. I'm not an olive guy. The olives were like, ooh, gross. Green yeah. olives are detestable. Right. Black yeah. olives are fine. No, I, I don't like any olives. I think they're gross. What about what so about spicy martinis? sausage, meatballs, I'll drink them, and pepperoni and mushroom? Would you have preferred that? No we got the meats. No, no mushrooms. mushrooms. No, what are you doing? No vegetables. No green. Like, oh, you I, can put. I like green pepper. Green, green pepper, dude. Joe, you're like in my head. Yeah, green this pepper is, is great on pizza. If you put green peppers and any other topping, you taste one topping, green peppers. If you put no. onions no, green on pizza pizza and no, any dude. other topping, no. you only That's taste onions. True. No, green pepper, you, onion, bacon, and pepper together. or pepperoni. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, meat yeah. lovers with green peppers. It's great. That is a, now I know what I'm eating for what, dinner today. What's up pizza with West's pizza taste? Yeah, what's up with that, dude? Well, I'm just I'm, I'm anti-vegetables, so that's no on the, on the peppers. Uh, I mean, I don't have to have uh, olives. I was trying to talk to suggest a less no, the super popular topic. Yeah, you right. just chose a, topic. a bad topping. Okay, well, there's yeah. only so many that are popular. You chose two bad toppings. Ooh, we'll do a pe- a we topping. should do a pizza draft next year once it's not football season. All right. So their handling of, honestly, their handling of Dusty and James Click, if it weren't for stories being written... I don't think it's a big deal inside the organization. Well, we could have grabbed Jim Crane as he walked by us twice. I, 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 show. I've seen him so many times today already. I saw him here <laughs> in the concourse where we are. I saw him when I first got here. There's like nobody in the building. Me, did some he t-shirt say, people, did he and say, him. Hey, Wex. He did not. Oh, that would have been awesome. It would have been. But All right. Wasn't. You know what else would be awesome? Hmm. If you go to BigTimeBats.com right now and get a hold of any or all of what they're offering, they have released a special Jeremy Bat Pena collection. Jeremy Pena Bat collection, easy for me to say. Uh, look, we are we all already know what he has done with his bat in the postseason. Why don't you get a bat that commemorates that, that celebrates that? Obviously, the series clinching home run in the divisional series, and then of course winning ALCS MVP honors. As a rookie, you go to BigTimeBats.com to see his limited edition commemorative bats and many, many others. There's the AL pennant one, and these are fantastic. You're talking about uh, individually numbered out of an edition of 2,022 bats, sells for $139.95 plus shipping, and you're going to get this thing uh, within a month. Allow four weeks for delivery, but go to BigTimeBats.com to see every type of Astros commemorative bats they have. Trust me, I looked at the site. These are insane. They're very well made. They're going to look awesome wherever you display them in your home or your office. And you can get them today at BigTimeBats.com. Houston, it's your home team. Man, lifelong Astros fan here. Anytime, anywhere. I love your whole team. The go Rockers go. Just tell your smart device. Play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. Playing Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio.
It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790 live from Minute Maid Park. Before we go any further, Wex, what's your favorite uh, Motley Crue song? Kickstart my heart. I think I asked you that question before, and I think you consistently answered that song. So. I try to make sure I'm consistent, but the start of it and then everything oh, else in it, so great. good. Uh, Motley, Some good choices, though. Yeah, for sure. Great band. Motley Crue uh, releases official statement. Today? Today. Today, Motley Crue released an official statement. Yes. That it's uh, a contrary to erroneous reports, one of the band members is still alive. Oh, there you go. Turn this up, Joe. This is so good. While I'm watching BP, this is even better. All right, read the statement over this. While change is never easy, we accept Mick Mars' decision to retire from the band due to the challenges with his health. I'm not going to read this whole thing. They're accepting it? They didn't say, nope, sorry. Dude. You can't retire. I know you're dying, but you can't retire. Mick Mars was like 80 when the band formed. Formed. The fact that it's 2022 and he's just retiring is insanity. And, I mean, the rest of the band has probably killed themselves nearly like dozens of times. Robert Allen Deal. That's his real name? Better known as Mick Mars. I mean, Mick Mars. He's 71. I, honestly, that's younger than I thought. So they were probably playing in the clubs and, you know, forming a, a little bit of a following, then got a record deal and then became famous and then did all the things they did. Yeah. And at the very, very beginning of that, yeah, 50 years from now, Bob, Mick, you're, you're just now going to be retiring from this band. How old was he when the band formed? Uh, I'd have to do a little extra research, but I think he was an original member, meaning it should yes. be in roughly 50 years. I mean, roughly, he couldn't have been, probably 40 years. How long have they been a, a, a band? Uh, what, late 70s? Something like that. Maybe. Uh, this yeah, something says, like that. Wikipedia says years active 1974 for Mick Mars. Um, so that would put him at 23 when they started. Oh, I thought it was a lot older. 23 when he started. When he started. As a musician. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't but, know yeah. about... Yeah, I don't know the about crew has uh, not been crew. together. Yeah, they, they haven't been they together since then. No. Anywho. Yeah. So I just wanted to pass that along because I just saw it during the break, and uh, they are one of my favorite well, bands. Guitarists and arthritis. It's a tough combination. Not great. Okay, Motley Crue was 81, so he was that 30. That sounds better. So he was 30 years old. They've been all around as long as I have. They're 41 years of touring. Well, touring. They're still touring. They took a break for a while. Well, some of them are touring. He just retired. Well, yeah, he's no, he's no longer touring. There's Jim Crane. Do you want to ask him now for the 18th time that you've passed by him today? About- I told you. He's, he's got a busy day today. Hey, man. What's up with your GM and your and your manager after the World Series? Seriously. Hey, man. We think it's a big deal because they don't have contracts, which is totally normal. It's a lame duck but scenario. I really, honestly, I don't think he, he thinks it that way. I don't think it's that big of a deal to him. You know what he's It's not very right nice now? necessarily because all they've done is win, and usually winning means they earned yes. another however many years and you normally don't even go into a year without a deal when you've already got the resumes that each of them have and i know click's not been a gm for a long time but he's been a, a, a gm long enough with this team in his first go-round as a gm to have earned uh an additional extension an additional contract and obviously the same is true with dusty he signed a short-term deal under the circumstances of joining this team as manager after you know the beginning of 2020 after the 2019 news hit and then he won and then he won and then he got another deal and it was also an even shorter term deal which obviously expires um tuesday or wednesday or next friday or next saturday kate thinks whatever uh game six night is by the way you know what he is thinking about right now 
concessions, merchandise, ticket sales, everything else that comes with having a packed house for at least two more games. Yeah, the funny thing to me about home field advantage, the team without it gets to their additional concessions faster. Yeah, I don't like 2-3-2, and I never have. I well, like it in the it's, NBA either. it's pretty standard, and because it's baseball, I think the idea that you can't win on the road, it's obviously out the window. You have a home field advantage. There's some advantages inherent, and we think... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Batting last and other things that go with it. Yeah. But, but winning on the road in baseball in the playoffs, it's pretty commonplace. Yeah, but at the same time, in a 2-3-2 format, if you split those first two games... It's not, well, the other team now gets the equal amount of games in a row at home that you did. No, they get one more. And you're going to play it because you split. So I just, I've never liked it. I didn't like it when the Rockets and the Knicks played because they split the first two games. And even though Sam Cassell was the hero in game three, the Knicks then go on to win the next two, including the Bronco Chase game. Well, what happened in the Phillies last series is why what you're saying is the perception, Mm -hmm. but it's not reality. Yeah. Teams don't win three games in a row. The, the Phillies just did that. They well, did win. The Astros three. have twice. They've won. Well, three games in a row in one building. Oh, okay. I see what you without mean. Without travel. The, the, yeah, the yeah, team yeah. that has the three of the two, three, two. Teams rarely right. win all three of those games. Are a lot less often than people perceive that they do. The Phillies and Padres split the first two games, and then the Phillies wiped the Padres out. But they didn't do it with ease. You know, John and, and uh, the two of us were talking about how they got out of that game where uh, they got two outs from their starting pitcher, and there were four runs on the board right out of the gate, and they still ended up winning. We've talked about how the Phillies were down 2 nothing in the ninth inning in their wild card series. They would have faced elimination the very next day on the road in St. Louis had they not scored at least three runs in the ninth inning. They scored six, or at least two, Yeah, uh, but ended up scoring six, and it completely changed the trajectory of their postseason. Again, that, that's why they're here. I was trying to be nice to Bryce Harper because his postseason OPS prior to this year was 801. I which, was being nice! Well, yeah, for being, for him, Thanks, Billy Crystal. that's pretty low. But 801 is a perfectly acceptable OPS. But oh, he hit, yeah. He hit 211. He only had five homers in all those series with the Nationals. He's got five homers in this postseason. What was the lead-up to that when he said I was being nice? The wagon wheel coffee table? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Well, yeah, because they were talking about Oklahoma, the music. Write your names in your books. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Bruno Kirby, RIP, great actor. Is that an acceptable? Yeah, I, I think I think that was... He was very good. I don't. I'm sure he was good in some other movies. Yeah, but that was. But him? when they're at the when they're at the batting cages and they're talking about sex, yeah. it's amazing. Batting cages and that, and his his work in City Slickers alongside Mitchie yeah. the Kid was pretty good too. Well, if it was a Billy Crystal film, like before, um, what's his face, uh, Vince Vaughn was putting all of his buddies in all of his movies, all of them. like all of them. Was, is Bateman in all of his movies? Uh, I don't think all of them, but a lot of them. Like, Bateman's not in uh, Rudy. That's true. But it's not, I wouldn't what call would that a Vince movie, but Vince and John Favreau see, are both Because in it. Jason Bateman is the same character in every movie, yeah, what would no, he be in no, Rudy? There's no role for him in Rudy. There's no, there's no comic relief in right. Rudy. Look. Did you catch Vince on uh, Manning Cast? I did not. 
uh, they were talking about the football scene in Wedding Crashers. Oh, when he's he said Bradley thrilled. Cooper was Sack awesome sandwich. because he was totally into it. He was very intense, very method actor in that point. He said it took him a whole day to shoot it, but Peyton Manning gave Vince his inspiration for it with all that stupid nonsense he was yelling out. Omaha, hot route, hot route. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's actually right. But I can't believe he didn't talk about uh, Christopher Walken being awesome. Because well, it's a given. Can you imagine walking on a man? Generations of large family breeding. Nature over nurture. Crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. (laughs) A sailor. Good man. All right. We will continue. Uh, I love that movie so much. I saw it so many times in the theater, and then I saw it endless times outside of the theater. I'll let you enjoy some of the sacrament, Father. (laughs) She's not just another notch in a belt. I mean, we're about. All right. Little sports wouldn't kill you. (laughs) Once in a while. Would that make you love me? (laughs) Todd was great. Okay. You know what else is great? Going to uh, Cushada Casino Resort. Todd Todd was also in uh, the breakup with Vince and Favreau. He tried to take out Brooke. Yeah. Apple Martini. This time of the year, in the biz, this is what we call (laughs) closing time. And maybe you want to close some wagers at uh, Cushada. I'm trying desperately to do it. I really am. Cushada Casino Resort has you covered because the Res Sportsbook has everything you need to do just that and more. They've got the screens to watch the games. They've got the kiosks to place the wagers. They've got the menu to keep you and your belly full. And you know what? You might just win some really really nice amounts of money. Yeah, all the great places to sit down there. You can sit down at the, t- at the tables. You can sit down at the slots. You can sit down at the Res Sportsbook. Uh, you can sit down in between holes at the Casati Pines Golf Course. One of the top golf courses you're ever going to find and certainly one of the best in the state of Louisiana. Uh, you can just sit down on your way to that very short drive to Kinder, Louisiana, to enjoy the Cushada Casino Resort. We've talked about it. We've been there. We're going to do so again. Look forward to seeing some of you out there as well as the weekend approaches. Check them out online. Get a little more information on everything that's going on this weekend or any weekend you feel. It is time for you to, to uh, head on over to the Cushada Casino Resort. That's where you find them online as well. That's the website, CushadaCasinoResort.com. Hey, it's Craig Ackerman. The Rockets are certainly popping the polypropylene. Back to the A-Team with Adam Wexler and the Twitter troll, Adam Clanton. I'll be into it with somebody. I, you know, I'm not, I don't try here. I don't look for fights. Why I get irritated. Adam and Adam are on Sports Talk 790. Wrapping up the 4 o'clock hour here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790, live from inside Minute Maid Park, just behind the Crawford boxes. Technically, this section right here, is this still the Crawford box? Because we're to the outside of the foul pole. So I don't know what the... You mean, uh, is the, is this loud out area of the yeah. stadium considered? I mean, Doesn't technically... The boxes, you, you know, they're all in fair territory? Technically, it's, you could call it that if you want. I sure. mean, you're the king of semantics, so I figured you'd be the first, you'd be the best person to ask. Yeah, I don't think anybody's ever said, "Yeah, I was sitting next to the Crawford boxes," or "I caught a foul ball not in the Crawford boxes." I would well, say, if it's a home run, it's there. Has and- a laser home run ever squeezed its way around that pole and been caught by somebody in the section right in front of us? That's yeah, the question. Maybe if they knock somebody over. <laughs> well, that happens a lot in this area. Okay, speaking of knocking people over, because I'd like to knock this guy over a couple times. Uh, we all hate Joe Kelly here in Houston. Like, sports hate and real hate, I think. 
Because the guy's just a piece of crap. He really is. Like, he, he threw at Correa's head. He did the boo-boo face. He uh, seemingly has no idea that he was on a team that cheated to win a World Series every time he opens his mouth about the Astros. Also, his season's been over for weeks. <laughs> yep. So, um, it would not really surprise any of you if you were to be told, I'm guessing, that he's running his mouth about the Astros again on a Philadelphia podcast, radio station. I can't even remember where it was. But this was in the last 24 hours. He was asked about, you know, the the rooting interests of basically anybody in the country outside of Houston. And this is what he had to say. It's going to be lingering for sure. I don't think there's going to be any kind of separation. I think that, you know, like you said, it's probably going to be closer than 90% of, of everyone wanting the Phillies to win. It is going to be a great World Series. The Astros are a phenomenal team, and everyone knows that. I mean, they just manhandled the Yankees 4-0. They're still great. They still have great players. They have great pitching, but this World Series is is, is, is going to be different. I mean, it's this is a Phillies team who, yeah, they might not have won 110 games or whatever like the Dodgers, but the names and the powerhouse players they have, the perennial players they have on their team, is a literal All Star team, and so is so is the Astros. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, Clan, that's not so bad. He's very complimentary of the Astros. Man, I know we don't have time for this. Ain't nobody got time for this. But if you cut that up. And it properly. Oh, you could really. Well, you could actually make it sound like he loves the Astros. Oh, for sure. But don't worry. They're really, really good. Everybody knows that. Don't it's worry. like an all-star team over there in Philly. And so are the Astros. Yeah, no, it's, trust me. I know, I knew, see, this is why I want to do this. Because I knew what you would do, and I knew what people would think. And that's probably what they're thinking right now. Don't worry, I'm about to lower the boom. Because this idiot is about to remind you, oh yeah, it's Joe Kelly. Listen to this. I think so. I would say so, yeah. You know, they could have a completely different team, you know, here in a couple of years. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that's tarnished for life. It, it, it's tough. You know, they could have in 10 years, 15 years, you know, they could have a great team. And, and people will be like still in the back of their minds are going to not feel they're not going to be authentic for their feelings. People are still aren't going to give them credit for it, um, which sucks is if I was a player on that team. Um, but I mean, it is what it is, and, and that's you know you reap what you sow kind of thing. Um, so it's 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 going to be interesting to see um, the reaction if they do. Um, but it's going to be a great World Series overall. Oh yeah, it's going to be a great World Series. Hey, in 15 years, when the Astros are back in the World Series again and they win, it, you're, the feelings about it are not going to be authentic, and it, you're not. It's tarnished. It's tarnished for life. Lifetime ban of real feelings. You can't have real feelings about the Astros because of something that happened in 2017. Uh, I just, like, I I shouldn't be surprised because he's well. He's an idiot. just doing the same thing, and he is an idiot, and this is what idiots do. He's doing the same thing as the idiot that sits next to Pat Beverly on the podcast. Oh, it's Roan? it's not. I mean, people yeah. aren't even allowed what a douche. to think for themselves, and a lot of them aren't even attempting to think for themselves. And they're lying in his case. I'm just yeah. gonna lie to Pat Beverly. But, but again, if you want if you want to make people believe it, you just have all you have to do is tell them. They they don't really care to challenge it. They don't really aren't interested enough to to think about it themselves about what's being said, so that's and I think as a as it relates to how we are currently in a, in our society, yes, it's dead on and and that's what Joe Kelly's doing he's, he's telling you what you're supposed to think, how you're supposed to feel, and what's going to happen. He's not saying, well, for me, this is what you know, it's I, I have I don't like to waste my time with it because it's an absolute waste of time. It's anything out of his mouth. Can I can I introduce you guys to an intelligent person? Yes, I, don't, I don't have please. the audio ready because I just literally found this story. 
um, appearing on the Chris Rose Rotation podcast, Lucas Giolito of the White Sox said this when asked about uh, if the Astros needed to win a World Series in 2022 to legitimize their six-year run. He said, quote, here's the thing. It's like all those teams were cheating, I think. Based on everything I've heard, it was like all the teams that were in the postseason that year that were doing the same bleep. So at least some people know. They've been scapegoated. We all know that. Right, but but. even listen to it. Reread that. I'm not literally asking you to, but he says, from what I know and from what I've heard, he's telling you, this is the actual information. From a current player. A little bit of effort into getting the actual information. We've told you this a hundred times. Ex-Astros have told you this. Ex-players have told you this. Add Lucas Giolito's name to the list. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are... The A-Team. A-Team. Are you ready for some football? It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, uh, Nothing, baby. It's five o'clock football. Professional football in America is a special game. Oh, how excited are you for the prime matchup tonight? Now, if you look on the schedule... At the beginning of the season, you said, oh, Lamar Jackson versus Tommy, who's unretired as quickly as he retired. This is going to be a phenomenal matchup. But and while Baltimore does have a winning record, I don't think either of these teams are anywhere near where their fan bases or their organizations, for that matter, thought they were going to be uh, going into this week. You know what I should say right now? What? To you, as you. Say it. Here's why I suck as a salesman. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not trying to sell this game. It's is I'm, I could be mistaken, but my people are telling me it's the first place Ravens uh-huh. against the first place Buccaneers. Uh-huh. Is that not accurate? Yeah. Then why are you trying to sell it otherwise? There is your selling point. Because they suck. They don't suck. Now the Buccaneers are uh, are a team where the jury's still out. If Tom Brady plays the way he continues to play and all these injuries they suck, like it really has been a hurricanes worthy amount of events that have plagued this team. And I totally apologize for that, not thinking about it as I said it for the Tampa area. It's all right, you're not going to get fired. Uh, what happened in the offseason with is he out or is he not? Retirement on retirement. The massive changes to their offensive line due to a number of different reasons, injuries and another retirement. Yeah. They changed head coaches. And then what's unfolded this season from a number of different football-related things. So they haven't gotten... They, they, if you didn't know Tom Brady had near... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only two handfuls of Super Bowl rings, and you were <laughs> just watching this football team in 2022, which is all you should be doing. You expect nothing from them. That's a team that won't win a game in a playoff in the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, it's a team that would not win a game. That's how poorly they've played. And honestly, the Ravens should be ashamed that they're in that same boat. They have had some injury issues. They've had a hard time finding a group of receivers that can be out on the field with Lamar Jackson every game after tr- correctly, I think, trading 
Uh, Marquise Brown, I think, had Rashad Bateman been healthy, they barely would have skipped a beat. Uh, they've figured it out, as they always do in the backfield. And even with injury to J.K. Dobbins at the beginning of the year, and now it's back, and now they're going to give it to Gus Edwards, and they had Kenyon Drake. And one of the players with more rushing yards in the NFL than Damian Pierce is Lamar Jackson. They've had they they should not be four and three. They should be you know six and one, maybe. I mean, they've played much better than that, except when it matters most, and that's at the end of these games. They're not Texans like when it comes to the fourth quarter because they've been they've been in front and by a lot, and they've outplayed their opposition by a lot, and until the end or until they've made some fatal mistake. Uh, they're much better, a much better football team than the Bucks. But in terms of how Thursday night football goes, this is this is a good matchup. This should produce a competitive game where it's not competitive because both teams hey, no. kicked three feet. I, I, yeah, I get your po- I get your point, but maybe if they didn't just lose to Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers, and then score three points yeah. versus PJ Walker and the Carolina Panthers, like I would care about the Buccaneers. They're only important and they're only in first place because they're in the worst division in football. Yeah, I guess it's not. It yeah, I mean, like the biggest, it's the second worst, I, and like I, it should be a good matchup. But the Ravens also, I think, are just super overrated in this moment. Not offensively, but defensively, because I think we still talk about this team like they're special on defense. They're not. Now we should see a lot of points in this game because. Their, their secondary is not good. Brady should be able to move the football. And honestly, if they can't score against Baltimore, they're going to be awful all season. It's like, I'm, I'm curious about this game. I'm not excited. There's a curse on Thursday night football. There's no other way to prove it. Well, that and that's what I was about to say. Like, as far as Thursday night matchups just on paper, that's it. Name, value, whatever you want to call it, go. This is light years ahead of most typical Thursday matchups. Just because you can say you have Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson in it, if nothing else. And that is how you would sell it. But, yeah, I mean, the storylines of why these two teams aren't where they would like to be, particularly uh, the Bucks. I mean, they went 2-0, and and everybody's like, okay, here they go. And then they've lost 4-5. of five. Um, And the way they've lost them, I mean, the, the Mike Evans surefire drop, stuff like that doesn't happen to Tom Brady ever. All right, so th- that's two first-place teams. There's six others. If the answer's not one of those two teams, who is it? Who's the biggest first-place fraud. fraud in the NFL? And are they in Houston on Sunday? Yes. Uh, probably. That's because the, they would yeah. be the one that I would I bet mean, the... To well, who, who else is in first place that... The Ravens are a first-place team and the, the Bucks are a first-place team. The others are the Seahawks, half-game better than the Rams. The Vikings, two-and-a-half games better than both the Packers and the Bears. Eagles are a half-game better than the Giants and undefeated. Chiefs are a game better than the Chargers, and the Bills are a half game ahead of the Jets. Yeah, it's the Titans. Now that I've heard all of the division leaders, and I know there's some other candidates. Man, in there, but come on. I, I maybe I'm. I, I don't know if I'm like the last person on this. I'm not well, in on the Seahawks. I, I, I'm sorry. Like it's Geno Smith. Like, well, I, and the Rams won the Super Bowl last. You're year. not the last person on the planet, <laughs> and you're probably somebody who's writing Geno Smith off that he's not responding to. He's not writing back. And I, I think that's unfair. Like, think about the statement I made about the Bucks. Forget about all the rings that Tom holds. Okay, well, then is it not fair to forget about all the teams that Geno Smith has uh, played poorly for? Or do you just say, well, I, he played bad before, so he's definitely going to play poorly again? What is he doing this year no, he's for a played, team he's really never gotten a chance to great. play for in an offense he's never been with, uh, with Metcalf in, in, 
the rest of their offensive group, who did not skip a beat at all when Rashad Penny. No, they got better when he got out. out. I tend to agree. Um, They, as that division goes, like they they kind of have the least problems, don't they? And they have. Definitely gotten the best quarterback play, and it's not yeah. even close. No, for sure. And 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 honestly, the more the season goes on, the the more you say that Pete Carroll was always right that like his offense run first, be methodical down the field, you know, play within the offense is the reason. The reason why that they haven't won recently is on the shoulders of Russell Wilson. Like I know he's hurt. And now he's doing high knees down the aisle of an airplane. But the better, the more Geno Smith plays, like the more Geno plays, that it looks like it's hilarious. I do. It's so Please funny. tell me you're hoping for the following: somebody was pretending to sleep and was videoing Russell Wilson well, doing high knees. Well, if they had, it would have been out by now. They've got to have. They got to have cameras on these private jets, right? Charters? What? Char- I don't know. I just feel like an NFL team would. I don't know. Just in I, case, what? Daniel Snyder was on it. I, I mean, maybe. Or snakes get on the plane. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so it's so the Seahawks. They've got the awesome Giants this week. Is it a is kind of a prove it game for one of them? Or Both can you of not them. Prove it against the respective opponents. No, this I think Seahawks Giants is the most interesting game of the weekend. Because I, I mean, I, I don't buy the Giants either. Because Daniel Jones is not even a good quarterback. Like he's getting it done, but like I just. They've but beaten. Again, see, that's the same thing nobody. with Geno. That may be true, but when you run for a hundred yards and throw for what he did without making any big mistakes, yes, you get the help from Saquon Barkley. But Jones as a running quarterback matters, just like Josh You're Allen right. as a running quarterback matters. A hundred percent. They're churning up first downs because of it this year. And one last thing to get back to Seattle. Uh, Seattle had an unbelievable draft and that's how you can maintain losing what they've lost it took i mean again they've only had really one down year with russell wilson and now they might not have any down years immediately after his departure they've done a great job no that's a a great organization honestly that doesn't get enough credit We've got, in case you missed it, coming up as we continue in the 5 o'clock hour here inside Minute Maid Park. It is the A-Team Sports Talk 790. That is straight ahead. Oh, how about if you want to enjoy some Bud Light, then you are doing the right thing. Great place for it right here inside the yard in downtown Houston or any of the many local watering holes or your local grocer or your favorite watering hole. Man, you can enjoy that ice-cold, refreshing Bud Light. Pop the top on an ice-cold Bud Light and enjoy some baseball. Do the same at your tailgate. We'll be tailgating this weekend. I'm hoping to tailgate in a couple of different places. If I can work the timing out right, that means make sure the cooler is full of ice-cold, perfectly chilled Bud Light. The football's going on this weekend, so that means the Bud Light should be as well. The official beer of your Houston Texans, that is Bud Light. And the special edition Bud Light NFL cans available in stores now. Your Texans special edition NFL Bud Light cans in stores right now. Enjoy your Bud Light just like I do, safely and responsibly. Always plan ahead for that safe ride home. Hey, it's Blummer. The A-Team continues with Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler. Oh, yeah! There's more asses on this show than a Sir Mix-A-Lot video. I'm like, your mother would not be proud right now. Baby's got those hot takes.
It's going great. We're out here at the ballpark and enjoying our show. Wex and AC here with you. You yeah, bet we're on right now. Talking a little radio, talking a little Astros baseball, getting you caught up with in case you missed why it. Why are you so mean to people? I know Melissa. You know her? Yeah. What does she do? She works for the Astros. I know that. She's been in the marketing department, among other places, during her extended run with the ball club. How long has she been here? Uh, I would guess at least 10 years. Nice. All what do right. you got for us today? Because I'm sure we've missed a few things. Uh, yeah, we'll start with the news out of the um, out of the Astros here. Ozzo Campo, the assistant, G- is going to be the assistant GM with the Miami Marlins. You know what I find interesting? Twofold. This is a humongous loss for the Astros. Huge, huge part of their development system, their international scouting success over a long period of time. Take a look at the Astros pitching staff. And elsewhere, obviously, he's had a huge impact on this team. It's additionally a loss in that it's the second major figure in the front office with Pete Patilla going to the Giants as well. But on the non-Astros portion of this, I am starting to really, really like what the Miami Marlins are doing since Derek Jeter no longer was a part of the organization. Now, he was there when they hired Kim Ng. And she's obviously the one hiring Oz, but man, I I think they might not be as far away or as far away from competing with some of the upper management moves that they've made. And they do have the best pitcher in the National League. Sorry, oh. Derek. Wow. You just they do? Really bleeped all over Derek Jeter. Uh, I think so. Alcantara is the best pitcher in the National League, yeah. That's not hmm. a that's not a hot take. Who's Would you rather be facing League? him or Aaron Nola in game one? What about DeGrom? Oh, for how many games? Yeah, well, but that's not that's, what the question was. But it's fair. Well, you're not the best if you're not on the field. Attendance counts. Yeah, attendance yeah. matters, brother. I guess. That's, that's assault, true. Brother. Remember, I also earlier this year said Joe Musgrove was the best pitcher in the NL, so at some point I got to stick on one of them. So. Do you think that he'll think the Astros World Series is authentic if they win it? I, I really, I just, I know what he said. It's clear. It feels like it was taken out of context. It feels like it, but was it? Probably not. Okay. Go ahead, Jeff. What about Cor- Corbin Burns? Oh. I like well, how he's just going to keep throwing out NL pitchers' names. We, got, we talked about that with Todd when uh, he joined us in the first hour. Todd Callis. You know, Todd the Callis. Phillies were able to come to Houston and clinch a playoff berth. If Milwaukee wasn't just so bad well, they got for too of- much of the year, and definitely at the end of the year, then... The Phillies wouldn't have been, wouldn't even be here. I mean, they were incredible. Who they get rid of? They were gifted Willie Adamas. I know, and they got rid of Hater, but and he was awful for the most part in San Diego. Would, yeah, either they were going to not use him or they were going to trade him because if they were going to use him, they were going to lose. It's, whatever happened, he was really bad for them this year. All right, let's get into the NFL news on the wide receiver front today. Kadarius Tony was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs from the New York Giants for a Is third. Is that a love it or six, shove it? Love it. I love it as well. It I was a bad awesome pick. Move. I think it was a bad draft pick by Urban. By no, that's not Urban Meyer because he said he wanted him, so he took ETN instead. I think it was a reach for the Giants to take mm-hmm. him at twenty-one. But I liked him coming out of Florida, and honestly, like it's just he's got four years left on his deal, or I guess three years after this season. That looks like yeah, it's going to including this season. Yeah. Well, no, he has an option. Unless, well, I count those. I count the options. Okay. With rookie picks. Well, the and Giants then, um, wouldn't even pick up his already guaranteed second-year option. That's or true. Or third or fourth. 
Um, well, it seemed like he had issues there with the new coaching staff from the day he got there. And there will be no surgery for this next guy, but he will be out for the next four to six weeks with a hip injury. Jamar Chase uh, injured this last weekend and will miss the next four to six weeks. How much is Matt Thomas mad right now that he's not getting a full season out of him on his fantasy squad? Yeah, well, the timing of that is what he should actually be caring about. His team isn't good, so it might not matter. Oh. <laughs> record is what record is. Wow. He, had he... If he had a reasonably good team, he would have beaten one of the better teams in the league last week, but he lost by like a point, so he's probably even doubly sour on that. But the timing of this will have him ready for both the actual postseason and the fantasy football postseason. Uh-huh. So that's fine. i got to get back to, to something you said about Tony. You said, I think Kadarius Tony had a problem from the beginning with the, this new coaching staff. Yeah. The one that has them at 6-1? and one? Uh, that's, that's a good point. That like It's a red flag for him. Yes. But but he also, maybe he likes to catch the football. And Daniel Jones is a running back. Uh, that is true, but nobody catches the football there. It's not a Tony issue. It's a Galladay issue. It's a Slayton issue. It previously was a Sterling Shepard issue. Uh, Galladay it's a Sills issue. Galladay might be the worst contract in the NFL. I mean, you sign him, you don't throw him the ball. He doesn't. He's, he's a non-factor. He basically doesn't play for the Giants. Yeah, Kenny Galladay uh, signed a massive deal. He's been there for two years. He's caught zero touchdown passes. That is right. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Rough. What else? Yeah. And uh, the only other thing I got here, uh, Demon Lord out one to two weeks. Uh, Kawhi missed the game, but that's normal. And Zion missed the game, but they still won. So the the typical injury well, bug in the NBA is back. With the, the typical people. The Zion game that he missed, Ingram also yeah. missed. And they won, like you said, over the Mavericks. The Mavericks have gotten incredible production from their sixth man, Christian Wood. Incredible <laughs> production from one of the five best players in the league, Luka. And pretty good production from Spencer Dinwiddie. And they have nobody else helping them at all right now. And that, if it doesn't change, is going to make their season this coming year so much different than last. Last year, they became a darling. They were able to win. They were getting help for him. And I, don't, I, I have nothing really against their moves this year. I think, as much as I think the Christian Wood trade helped Houston, I also think it's going to help Dallas. But, man, the, the way that they lost that game to a very depleted Pelicans team had to be pretty disappointing, even with a ton of season left. One more NBA note, if you guys saw it last night. The Nets, Ben Simmons running Shoot with the ball. Kyrie Irving. Shoot the ball, Ben. That from Kyrie Irving was heard loud and clear on the broadcast as he drove through the lane, drew the defense, had Giannis Antetokounmpo backing up and kind of falling down under the basket or right near the basket when he dished it off to Ben Simmons, who grabbed it and immediately turned around so he could throw the ball to Kevin Durant at the three-point line. Now, he did then take a dribble and hit a 16-footer. They scored. 
but the reason Kyrie Irving yelled at Ben Simmons was because he was seven feet from the basket as a falling over but staying on his feet. Giannis was the only one in between him and the rim. That's a you gotta you gotta go up and dunk it. You gotta do something. I can't wait until they ultimately break that team up, anyways. After thinking they weren't gonna have to, they might have to. I do think that's a possibility. He has. Uh, if I have the numbers right, I think he has 19 points and 18 fouls this year, something like that. <laughs> He's fouled out of two of their games already. That's awesome. I mean, it's going to take him a while to get things figured out, clearly. And he, he has helped them in other areas, passing the ball, getting boards. But his offense is so far back from even where it was. Not back from being a great, just from what it was in Philly when he was a reasonable bet to you know be in the neighborhood of a triple-double every night. Low-end triple-double, 10-10-10, but still... That's that's not the player he is right now. Among the several big name, big expectation teams that have uh, hopped on the struggle bus earlier in the year, oh, Sixers might be driving. Sixers well, might be driving that bus. Oh well, yeah, that's another one. Way to lose to the Spurs at home. Way to, I mean, I, I know they've played some good teams. Milwaukee being one of them. I don't care. Yeah, it's not about who you're playing. It's about how you're playing. Right. And because their depth is at is it. Oh, threat level zero. They have no Whoa, depth. Nice reference. So Tyrese Maxey's playing forty minutes a night. James Harden is in a top ten in minutes played again I at this if he'll age. Break down. It's just you're you're setting yourselves up for failure. I mean, you don't want to lose, but if it's taking you giving thirty eight, forty minutes a night to James Harden in the first week of the season to compete, then your team has problems. And they're missing a couple of players, Curry being one of them. But Tobias Harris played thirty six minutes the other night and he hit a basket. <laughs> That's that's probably not going to help them a whole lot. <laughs> All right. Um, we will continue here on Sports Talk 790. About a half hour to go here on a Thursday pre-World Series edition of the A-Team inside Minute Maid Park. Looking forward to tomorrow night's festivities, but we're getting you ready for yeah, it. Surprising mix inside Minute Maid Park currently. Yes. It is wet inside Minute Maid Park. And Steve Sparks and the is, roof is closed. And Steve Sparks is nowhere near the place. They've closed the roof here since uh, both teams have finished up their workouts. They've wetted down the infield, and I'm sure they're going to do that another 19 times before uh, first pitch tomorrow. And we're that much closer to first pitch tomorrow. We're also that much closer to the next time we're going to go over to Kinder, Louisiana, and take in all that Cushada Casino Resort has to offer. It's got a lot too, and we're talking about. Uh, a menu that's second to none so that while you're taking part in all of those wagerings and all of those uh, games on the largest gaming floor in Lake Charles area, uh, you're also able to watch the games you're wagering on with all of those screens. This is what they do. They make life simple, easy, and very entertaining for you in the Res Sportsbook at Cushada Casino Resort. Oh, there's a game on. What game do you want to watch? All of them? Perfect. Oh, you want to eat something? What do you want? Uh, I don't know. Everything? Perfect. That's what the Reds can offer you. All the games, lots of great food choices, and obviously you're right there uh, in the middle of the gaming floor at the Cushada Casino Resort. That gaming floor that offers you thousands of slots and table games, live poker, off-track betting, two beautiful hotels as part of the resort, great Cajun food, like I mentioned, the number one golf course in the state of Louisiana, and, of course, the Res Sportsbook is there for all your gaming needs. Visit CushadaCasinoResort.com. Get an, an idea of what is going on this weekend and on future weekends, promotions, events, concerts, everything, poker tournaments as well. CushadaCasinoResort.com for more information to get your weekend planned for a trip out to Cushada. If you can buy Astros gear on it, you can hear us on it. Listen live for free on any smart device. 
Just say. Hey, Google, play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790 Live Inside Minute Maid Park. Oh, the joys of working alongside Adam Wexler. Only there's a very few of us that can experience it truly. Yeah. What all it entails. All my radio and TV partners. Yeah, but that's a, it's a very close-knit fraternity. It's quite a few people. <laughs> no, it's really, really not, relatively speaking. Um... We were talking about this a little bit during the break. We've talked about it a little bit today. Uh, the fact that Justin Verlander has, ah, it's not an inordinate amount of pressure. It's just any, not any more than a game one starter ace, if you will, would have on him. We haven't really talked as much about the Philly side of things. Were you surprised when Nola was announced as the first game starter as opposed to Wheeler? I don't think it makes any difference, but yes, I was surprised. I, I do not think it makes a difference. and I'm sure the, the these two guys will pitch well. Uh, I just don't think... I could, I could believe one of them will be tremendous, dominant, and the Astros fans will be like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this again. Three up, three down, three up, three down. Mm-hmm. Just bad at bats, and all of a sudden you're in the seventh inning and you just haven't gotten anything done. I, I could see one of their pitchers doing that, but if that's the case, I similarly would think the Astros uh, could handle the uh, the things th- themselves with Framber Valdez and, and Justin Verlander. And honestly, it would probably be Wheeler if I were to pick one of them that would do that, and mm-hmm. he has already done that this postseason. I actually like Nola's stuff better, and I think he had a better season, and I don't know if the numbers would support that or if people would want to dispute that. Uh, but I just have a, have a feeling that if someone was going to find that stuff on that one night in this setting, I'd probably just lean on Wheeler. Not much difference between the two. You know, good start and bad start for Nola. He was really good coming into his last start. He'd only made, you know, this is his postseason debut. He had to pitch in the wild card series. He gave up no runs. He pitched in their uh, division series. He gave up no earned runs. And then he was bad in the NLCS. Only one start, but he didn't even get through five innings. Uh, That was not a good start for him, and that's what he's coming off of. As opposed to that, when Wheeler comes into this series and when they consider what kind of stuff he has, how it plays against the Astros, and what he's got in his postseason arsenal, and like Nola, he's a rookie in the postseason, he's been just, I don't know, amazing, incredible, and certainly his NLCS work was just fabulous. The biggest reason... And I know Bryce Harper's the NLCS MVP. The biggest reason they're here is because Zach Wheeler was awesome in Game 1 and awesome in Game 5. He had a one-hitter in seven innings in Game 1 and set the tone for the series and pitched part of a shutout in this series. Uh, he's lost one game here in the postseason. Uh, his team didn't score any runs in that game. So, so far, if you want to tell me if Wheeler's pitching and the Phillies score in that game, they're going to win? That's exactly what they've that done so far this year. Very Roger Clemens as an Astro esque. But he's been in you know? that. What what you're saying about? It, are you surprised he's getting the start? The timing allows for it. Yeah. He's going to pitch in consecutive postseason games. He's going to start in consecutive postseason games for the Phillies because their last series ended on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, off days, pitching on normal rest on Friday here in Houston. But nothing's normal about the start of a World Series. It's just not. I mean, we could talk about the... Because, you know, Justin Verlander, um, every everything that is able to be set up because of the layoff that we're talking about, it's still like... I just still think you throw all that out the window because of the stage. But I don't think that Justin Verlander's lack of success, you know, from a win-loss standpoint, has been 
Because it's really only a loss standpoint. Well, yeah, zero wins. Right, that's what I mean. Six but I, losses. But I don't, what's what I'm saying, though, I don't think that's because of the stage he was on. I really don't. Like, I don't think it was the stage either. I think it was the competition. Which comes on the stage that you're on. Yeah, but I don't but, think he pitched poorly out of, yeah. oh my gosh, butterflies and nerves. Right. I think the other teams, they usually have better plans. They usually have better players that can execute those plans. They've put more time and effort into studying you, and I think we often overlook that. You know, I know the Astros are over the top in the best way ever, and I was talking to Trey Mancini about that earlier today. I said, is there any one thing that, you know, in your time here that has stood out the most about your new team, your new teammates, et cetera? And he says, it's the way they prepare. I've never seen anything like it. You know, it's second to none. And now you're in the World Series. You don't, you're playing the Astros in July for three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're studying that day's pitcher, and you're putting in your work, and you've got a plan to execute. But it's nothing like the work you're putting in to face them tomorrow night or the next night. And I think that holds true when you're facing Verlander in a World Series game if you're the Dodgers or if you're, you know, the Nationals. Nobody's faced him in the World Series since. It's been a while. Talked to Lance about how long it's been since he's been in the World Series, and that, again, is on the same shoulders as Justin Boy, because of his injury. It's so, easy to forget that. Yes, Lance was very, you know, he was asked about how cool it is. Oh, hey, your name's right there behind you. You're here at Media Day. And he's like, he almost, I mean, in, in the nicest way possible. Who asked the question? He said, dude. I want to win. I mean, this is nice, and it's great to be. You know, I, I've missed too much. I want. I want to win. We're here to win. What's What's going to be the best part about this trip to the World Series? A win. Winning it. And, and, and he's one of those people that has gone out of his way to say, "Hey, appreciate this," because a lot of you know, a lot, you hear this cliche all the time, but it's so true in baseball. These guys that play. 15, 20 years sometimes in Major League Baseball and don't get to even do this. Like, go to the postseason, let alone go to the World Series. And it's like, we talk about Pena and uh, Bregman, these guys, that's all they've known. It's just so crazy to think about. No kidding. It absolutely is. I was talking to Ryan Presley as well about who keeps things loose in the bullpen. I posted that on uh, Twitter, at Adam J. Wexler, and he said it was Hector Neris. And Go listen to his answer about why and about what it would mean to, to this team and to Hector to get four more wins. Most of the guys in this clubhouse, other than like Trey Mancini and Pena and Neris, they've been here before. They've yeah. been with the organization. They've been through all this before. Guys that haven't even been to the postseason that have pitched in as many games as Neris has, this is a big deal. This entire postseason, and he's been fired he's up. He's been awesome. And Yes, he's been awesome, even though he gave up the one run in uh, game four. He's been super excited, super excitable on the mound, and super successful as well. Another segment out here from the ball yard where the Astros and Phillies will get together. 7.03, first pitch tomorrow night, 5 o'clock. We'll get you started with Astros on deck. Our entire program, beginning at 3, will come to you right here from the Crawford Boxes. We want to tell you about getting back to the life you know you should be living still. The one you used to have, you know, the one where you weren't suffering from joint pain. Yeah, that life, the fun life, the I-can-do-whatever-I-want life because things don't feel bad. Well, you can get back to that with help from our friends over at QC Kinetics. Through the use of regenerative medicine, they want to restore and repair that damaged tissue, all from your own body, 713-913-5285. And our friends at QC Kinetics, they're going to get you set up with a free consultation. Absolutely. You don't want to go about getting rid of that pain the wrong way or a way that can 
you know, you know, hinder you in other ways. You don't want pain uh, medications that can be highly addictive. You certainly don't want to go through any sort of surgical procedure if you don't have to, not to mention the downtime that can come with it. You want to go to the fantastic people that we've been telling you about for a long time now, QC Kinetics. Free consultation that Wex mentioned, a free second opinion. You can learn more about their amazing natural biologic treatments by getting in touch with them ASAP. 713-913-5285. 713-913-5285 for QC Kinetics. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Elijah Wan back to Kenny. Another three. Kenny tries one more. Yeah! Clutch City. This is Kenny the Jet Smith, and you're listening to Sports Talk 790. Back at you here for Minute Maid Park. One more segment to go here on the program. Turn things over to the nightcap. We've got an edition of Overtime with Joe George coming up tonight as well over the next couple of hours. we got you right here locally on Sports Talk 790. Obviously, the big topic is the location we're at. The World Series finally gets underway tomorrow. And looking forward to all the festivities that come along with it. Ballpark looks great. Again, roof was open all day during workouts for both teams. Media day for both teams. It is currently closed, and we will await Major League Baseball's word on the status of what the ballpark will look like tomorrow night, though the weather suggests it likely will be closed. Again, both teams will be playing under the exact same conditions, so it's of no consequence to me, and hopefully for many others, since Aaron Boone's team is not playing here tomorrow. I don't think too many people are all caught up in exactly what it will be like here tomorrow night, other than let's go play some World Series baseball. Fourth time in sixth season for the Astros. If you recall our awesome conversation with John Kincaid earlier of 97.5 Fanatic in Philadelphia, they know it out there in NL East land. The Astros and the NL East in the World Series has been good news for the team in the NL East. With the win over the Astros in 19 from the Nationals, the win over the Astros last season from the Braves, and the Phillies trying to uh, make it 3-for-3 three three over the last four seasons for that division with three different teams against an Astros team that quite honestly looks very, very similar except tomorrow night because Justin Verlander will be there, because Justin Verlander, uh, obviously as opposed to last year, he was there for the National Series, but that's what makes the biggest difference uh, for this series. Um, so I think everybody has a, a pretty good idea of how many different storylines uh, come here. And, and one of those is quite obviously in relation to 2017. Didn't talk too much about it today. Probably we'll talk a little bit about it tomorrow, gathering some of uh, the answers that were given around the at least the Astros side of things. So I don't think the Phillies have a whole lot to say about it, but... You know, I was talking to Lance McCullers about the situation here from what's taken place in 2017. And again, that's only since 2019 when the snitch came out and the report came out and the punishments came out and the firings took place and how everybody had to handle it here. And everybody means the team as an organization, the players individually, both those that are here and those that have moved on but were obviously on that team. And then the fans. I mean, they're the ones usually in the Twitterverse yapping back and forth and calling people out when they just blatantly lie about what took place there. Uh, those are the fans that are in the stadiums, and I don't just mean here in Houston at Minute Maid Park. I mean the ones who are loud and boisterous in the most proper way 
on the road with the Astros. You saw the scene at the end of the series they've clinched so far. They clinched in Seattle in Game 3, in their only game there, although they played two games worth of innings. They clinched in New York in Game 4. And as the Astros are celebrating on the field, as what was remaining of the fans in New York, they left the field. They, they went back to wherever it is they came from to go to the game. And Seattle, now their fans were there, but they, obviously the game's over. It's after they chanted for their team about how much they appreciated their season, which shows the kind of fans that they are, which is great, uh, they made their way out. And you could hear the Astros fans in attendance cheering for Dusty, cheering for Altuve, cheering for Pena and the LCS as the MVP, etc., so Lance was talking about how much the fans have had to handle, endure, deal with, similarly to the players. So he did acknowledge what I think is obvious, because we think it, but it's obvious to me when he says that, that he does, and probably speaking for a few others, yeah, winning this championship does matter to that story. It doesn't just matter for, yeah, we went out and we put everything we had into it in 2022, and we want to win a championship. They want to win a championship. That absolutely is in their minds. It might not be the motivating factor, but it is part of the motivation, at least according to Lance. And after he acknowledged that you know, part of the wanting to win for the fans, for them, uh, about trying to show people that 2017 is not what everybody thinks it was and isn't the reason uh, for the triumph of the Astros. I asked him if he thought that most of the players currently in this clubhouse felt the same way and if those that have left this clubhouse felt that way. And I didn't name them by names, but you're talking about Carlos Correa. You're talking about George Springer. You know, a few others on a lesser scale. You know, Marwin Gonzalez and others. Just those that were here that were a part of that. And Marwin was a big part of that run, quite clearly. You know, does it matter to them? Legacy standpoint and narrative standpoint and just enough already. Not trying to get people to forget that it happened. Not trying to tell people it's okay that it happened. Because that's not accurate. But that this team is good. It's all I've really kind of ever tried to present. The idea that they aren't good is in people's minds. I don't know how they can think that after all this time. I don't, I don't, I, I don't you know think what, that many what people think that? to go that route. Yes. Or else I don't think they'd still run out the narrative. Because honestly, I, here's I what I'm surprised. I'm surprised people aren't just making stuff up about what's probably happening now. Because they just don't believe they're good. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. But honestly, like when we play that Joe Kelly soundbite earlier, like what I hear is someone that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be on a team that's good enough to beat the Astros. And here are all my excuses. They cheated in 2017. That's why everything is tainted. That's why everything is tarnished. And it's just, it's an, it's an excuse factory. I don't... So I wouldn't necessarily say I agree that it's that they're not good enough, but I think Yankees fans and Dodgers fans and and teams and Mariners fans and A's fans like they use it as an excuse to justify that their team sucks or that team's not as good as this team because they have because if if they don't if they're if they have, are unwilling to acknowledge that like it's over and it doesn't matter then the only acknowledgement you can make is that your GM and your players are not as good as the two GMs, the two managers, and all the players that have come and gone from this organization over the last five years. Like, you have nothing else besides cheating. And and they're not going anywhere. Oh, they're going nowhere fast. I mean, they might not win the division every year. 2023 is the Astros. The best team in baseball might be the Astros. It's definitely the best team in the American League, barring any injury that occurs that we don't know about in advance of the season. But when the season begins next year, if the Astros doesn't even matter what they do over the next nine days 
They're going to be the favorite to win the World Series in 2023 when this season ends, when the initial odds come out for 2023. And I really think no matter what happens with Verlander or what happens at first base or what happens in center field, the same's going to be true when we get to February, when we get to April, when we're in season next year in 2023 and it's June and more odds have come out. It, it's this Houston Astros team. They're, they're not going anywhere. So enjoy it. I know the fans here in Houston absolutely are, and I think tomorrow should be a good sign of exactly how much fun they're having with this. We're excited at least to be out here and obviously excited to, again, watch and discuss World Series Baseball. Remember, we'll be out here tomorrow live starting at 3 o'clock, all our coverage from out here, and then at 5 o'clock we get into Astros on deck, extended edition of the Astros 10th inning show all throughout this postseason, and we'll do all the same stuff on Friday, same Start time of 7 o'clock. Joe and Michael Connor will have Astros on deck for you on Saturday and then on through the evening week into Astros on deck. They'll get on a plane. They will fly to Philadelphia. And we'll see if the uh, Astros are in very, very strong position again to wrap up the series on the road. Our predictions, you can find them on the video we'll be posting shortly if you haven't already heard me make them on this show today. Let me tell you about uh, Classic Chevy Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. No better place to find that new vehicle of your dreams for one very simple reason. They have more inventory than anyone else. That's kind of key when it's time to go find that vehicle you've been looking for. That's why Classic Chevy Sugarland is the place to go. Silverados right now, if that's at the top of your list or you're uncertain, Maybe you should be looking at a Silverado. And how about getting $5,000 off right now at Classic Chevy Sugarland or Classic Chevy Highway 6? You're going to be dealing with the GM dealer of the year. Now, 12 years running, you're going to be dealing with a family-owned and family-operated business. Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian in charge over there and the great people they work with. I've worked with them before on my vehicle purchase, and you can do the very same thing. You can relax and enjoy the difference. Classic Chevy Sugarland, Classic Chevy Highway 6. When you make your way on over there, you tell them Adam Wexler sent you by. Looking forward to it tomorrow, everybody. You got another two hours here, though, locally. Ross has got you with the nightcap. Joe's got you with overtime with Joe George. We will talk to you tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.